Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning, July. Good morning. Music, talk, inspiration, in perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM, ninety-seven point three. Oh yeah. City Breakfast Show. Oh yes. 
Lord, we just want to say we celebrate the power of relevant radio. We worship you not only with our mouths, with our hands clapping and feet dancing. But Lord, we we even worship you on our instruments tonight. Oh yeah. Six twenty-six. Welcome to Friday, the twenty-sixth of May, twenty twenty-three. Good morning, bonjour, buenos dias. This is the City Breakfast Show, live on your dial ninety-seven point three FM, broadcasting from Adabraka to every corner of the world on the wings of CityNewsroom.com. My name is Nathan Kwao, sitting in for your regular host, Bernard Avle. Thank you so, so much for joining us on a Friday morning. Music coming from Ronkinoli calls this one Ancient of Days. If you grow up in a certain time, this song will be very, very familiar to you. Join us on the number 0549-986-996. It's a Friday morning. Join us and let's have breakfast. On Twitter at City973, hashtag CityCBS. We start off with our business sense brought to us by ADB. ADB is asking whether or not you are a paid employee or a salaried worker and whether you need a personal loan to resolve a few financial issues adb is offering you a variety of personal loans including top-up loans at significantly reduced interest rates you also enjoy a longer tenor of up to six years and the offer is open to non-customers as well kindly visit the nearest branch or call 0302210210 or 0302224043 for inquiries ADB, the People's Bank, ADB, truly a Greek and more. Now, business sense for the morning. Very interesting business sense. Now, it comes from Rosabeth Moss Cantor, who says, A vision is not just a picture of what could be. It is an appeal to our better selves and a call to become something more. A vision is not just a picture of what could be. So usually when we talk of a vision, it's what you see in your mind's eye. That ideal picture, what you want to achieve, that thing you want to, you know, create. So it's a model in your mind that you want to bring it to life. So it's not just that tangible, that proper workspace, that project you want to accomplish. It is an appeal to our better selves and a call to become something more. So not only are you building towards something tangible, but in that building process, you have to build yourself as well. You refine yourself, you become better. Because the path from conception to actual construction requires a lot of discipline. You will be tested. You will need to develop grit and muscle. And as you do that, you will learn to become something better. By the time you are done building that tangible thing, you will be done building your own self become a better human being that's our business sense brought to us by adb adb the people's bank adb truly a great and more the newspaper review comes up next this is the city breakfast show this is the city breakfast show the city's biggest conversation 
633. Coming up next is the newspaper review brought to us by Total Energy's Marketing Ghana PLC. They've introduced quartz engine oil designed with age resistance technology. That is what your engine needs for it to perform at its highest. It will also improve protection against mechanical wear by up to 74% even under the most extreme temperature and pressure. Choosing quads from Total Energy is choosing the engine oil that keeps your engine running efficiently and effectively. Quads keep your engine younger for longer. The guys are here with the newspapers on a Friday morning. Richard Delasky and Godfred Akuto Boafu. Guys, good morning. How are we doing? Good morning. Well, well, we're doing it's well. Friday and... Yeah. Uh, you know, although the system makes some way, Charlie. <laughs> so we'll, take, we'll take the Friday. <laughs> we'll yeah, let's yeah, yeah, go and lick our wounds. Yeah, yeah, we'll take the Friday. We, we can recover. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, we, can, we, we, we can recover. Hey, Charlie, the University of, uh, of Education is looking for a vice chancellor. That's job if you get it. That's job if you get it. You better make sure you're holding your Bible and your contract is a friend of Because Hey, I'm not a good morning. What's your problem? That job, if you don't have the approval, if you don't have the approval, I'm not a good friend of so there's a full page publication. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's job. They are looking for. I don't get anybody to apply. Oh, you should apply. No, 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 professor. That job. It is the one VC job. If they give you, then you you side out the people. Oh, Charlie, winning there. Good morning, rest of education. Talk, 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 talk. Oh yeah, Charlie, Charlie, they are doing great things there. I remember when they were in the news consistently. This back and forth that was happening there. It never ends, oh. Yeah. You see, because as soon as they appoint this one, I know, the previous one will go to court. <laughs> anyway, let me take this to the front page of the uh, day. Good morning to all the people at the uh, University yeah. of Education. Education. Yeah, I'm saying it's a fantastic yeah. school. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, yes. look at the growth yeah. of that university. It's yeah. been immense. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, but still, VC. Yeah, Professor Avaka. <laughs> yeah, how is it going? Uh, no, no, Mark, how is it going? Yeah. Yeah. What was the man who went to court in his name? Kusubigwega. <laughs> That I like about Ghana, every massive case at the Supreme Court <laughs> is sent there by a farmer, a fisherman, <laughs> a mason. It's true, it's true. Supikwa uh, is a teacher or a taxi driver or something. You know, all the big cases too. Concerns local people. Concerns local people, local interest. Front page of the Daily Graphic. Senior high school food supplies demand payment. Mm. Finance Ministry arranges to settle 275 million Ghana CD in areas. Task force to enforce ban on noise making. Also on the front page of the paper. JUSAC strike halts justice delivery. The Daily Graphic has a report on the impact of that strike. Let me take you to the Chronicle. The big story says, I am not involved in any scandalous deal at GMPC, says Freddie Blay whose photograph is here on the front page. Also, Accra Commando warns miscreants who attack churches during ban on noise making. And Opon Krumah demands inclusion of RTI in performance agreements 
with heads of public institutions. I see. Front page of the Daily Guide newspaper. I have no intention to divest GMPC stake. Fred Blay. Dochina acting CJ we dealt with that story yesterday. NPP presidential nominees to pay 50,000 Ghana CDs. Nana pushes for more intra-African trade. And this story, TikTok couple arrested for killing son. Mm. This uh, couple who went viral. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, people thought they, they had that. mental problems, but they looked like they were okay. Um, but different leg to that story now. now. Okay. Uh, the final says this morning, details of three-year IMF program. BOG to exit gold for oil policy and reverse 20% gold surrender policy. Mm, this wow. thing that we criticized and said hmm. it was fictitious. Do something about it. Was There were problems with it. Now the IMF is telling you, you know what to do. <laughs> now the MPP has opened flag bearer nomination today hmm. and the details here on page 5 of the finder. And again, um, the RTI story uh, attributed to the Orombo Kujo of Pongkrumah is also on the front page. Mm -hmm. And then there's a story here that says that ECOWAS heads of immigration services deliberate on implementation of ECOVISA. Front page of the Republic mm -hmm. Press newspaper, Pesa White in hot soup mm -hmm. for allegedly insulting Supreme Court judges. <laughs> uh, the Jusak strikers on the front mm -hmm. page of the paper, Freddie Blair fights CSOs over a petrol SA deal. Uh, the school supply story also makes it the front page of the paper. And a weird one, rather bizarre. 23-year-old yeah. man arrested for allegedly sleeping with a goat. Oh. oh. Okay. Sure. Yeah. The new crusading guide says this morning, Freddie Bliss strikes over GMPC Petro SA yeah, debacle. Freddie Bliss is everywhere. Johnny is everywhere. What's the move? <laughs> also, choose Zanetta Rawlings as your running mate. NDC guru advocates. Uh, Supreme Court summons NDC's Pesa White and NACA recalls textbook portraying religion as gateway to poverty. <laughs> Front page of the Herald newspaper. Today is the vetting of Justice Getu Tokonu. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we'll be following that later on. Yeah, yeah. Government slaps foreign universities with 21% tax. Ghanaian students bear brands. Blade dances around his bad corporate governance issues at GNPC, threatens legal action. And Eka Energy sells its $1.6 billion Ghana oil field for $1, two years after bribing CSOs, journalists, and politicians to okay inflated deal. The Inquisitor says um, GNPC Petro SA deal. Blay sweats. That's all they said. Also, Kumewu by election. JFK passes first test with other national executives. Um, Alex Dade, KGL Sweep Awards. Actually, these award stories. <laughs> Samir Uku winning Best Public Sector, you know, CEO is no news. There's a commentary. Okay. Front page uh, of the BNFT, finally from me. Yes. The ECA story makes it. Uh, to the front page of yep. the paper, BOG to reverse FX control measures. Agric CSOs call for PFJ audits and review 40 year old GNPC law. PIAC advocates. And let me take you to the mm. ABC News finally. Race to lead MPP nomination opens today. Ready, get set, go. Also, Greater Accra NDC chairman accused of pocketing Mahama Cash for delegates. 
there's an editorial here talking about the MPP's primary elections. And then the Supreme Court, as we already know, has summoned Pesa White over the comments he's made mm. about the Supreme Court. Okay. If you go online, citynewsroom.com, uh, they have lots of uh, the running stories. MPP's flag bearership race nominations open today. We find out who and who and who will throw their hat in. Chief Justice nominee Gertrude Tokonu to face appointments committee mm -hmm. today. And Richard Alaska, you've written a very interesting piece. Person White's case can Swift apology save him from contempt charges? This guy's Question. keyboard is working over. Charlie, this guy's <laughs> keyboard is overdrive. Is, like, keyboard he's, 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 he's just churning out piece okay. after piece. Okay. Anyway, go judicial on. service <laughs> appeals to Juzak. Uh, to call off strike. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those are some stories. And the NDC's IRC West Wagon, uh, Wagon chairman says, Ashimor didn't pocket Bahamas TNT for delegates. So that's um, that one. Mm -hmm. If you go to citybusinessnews.com, uh, we are ready to provide liquidity support to banks. That's coming from the BOG. Really? Yes, utility tariff increase will cripple businesses, the AGI is stating. And GRA arrests three shop owners for not issuing VAT invoices so mm -hmm. that is that for city they also have other stories they have the freddie blaze story as well for those who are interested if you go to majoronline.com they also have the story carried in one of the papers richard that you reviewed mm -hmm. textbook content on disadvantages of christianity obnoxious mm -hmm. that's according to the deputy education minister and then they've got the JUSAC story. Judicial Service appeals to the association to call off strike. But Sir White apologizes for insulting Supreme Court and learn from mistakes of past governments. That's according to Dr. Graham. If you go international, the BBC says, Brit in Sudan shot by sniper before wife starved. That's according to the family. And FBI reveals 1980s IRA plot to kill Queen Elizabeth II in us so that's a very interesting revelation and what five more years of erdogan would mean so that's a bit of a piece from um, um there and finally godfrey this will interest you top twitter engineer quits day after DeSantis launch yeah i sure did fire because the thing was embarrassing yeah the boss is sitting there no, things, Charlie, are going things, well. things are anyway, just not going well let yes. me let me take you to what do you want to begin we are starting with uh, petroleum and gfb yes. there's a lot happening in yes. that space so i will take a and then sky will take freddie blay what's the move so page three of the bnft acre sells peckenfield and a one dollar upfront payment deal i'll give mm. you details uh, by kizito kujo says two years after the country's failed bid to purchase shares in two offshore petroleum blocks owned by Ica energy for 1.6 billion dollars the company has entered into a one dollar upfront payment agreement with a subsidiary of its main creditors for one of the blocks raising questions over gnpc's prior purchase intention we recall that government and the GMPC mounted a spirited bid for the Acre Energy controlled offshore blocks South Deepwater Tunnel and the Deepwater Tunnel Cape Three Points. The Parliament of Ghana was convinced to grant authorization for the GMPC to spend a maximum of a billion dollars, which was be borrowed on the name of Ghana on the blocks, including its plan of development. Acre demanded 1.6 billion from GNPC. Now, this led to some CSOs forming a coalition to block the transaction. Two years later, the SWDT was returned to Ghana for free. 
However, the DWT and CTP, where the Peckham Field is located, is said to be now controlled by AFC Equity Investment, a subsidiary of Africa Finance Corporation. This follows Acre's, Acre Energy's default on its commitment. It says that, quote, Acre Norway has more or less defaulted on the loan of $200 million they were given to invest in Peckham and handed over the assets in a face-saving seal for a dollar. Acre will only recoup some of its earlier investments if AFC succeeds in developing the field to the point where it can produce and sell oil to recoup its investments. Now, the story goes on to explain what is at stake. There's the purchase of uh, a $35 million uh, FPSO mm. that CSO are also against. Uh, seems like there's a lot happening Exactly. 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 Yep. Let's stay within the oil uh, space because the Chronicle leads with a story that says, I'm not involved in any scandalous deal at GMPC. Page three of the paper has the details and it says that the board chairman of the Ghana National Petroleum Corporation, GMPC, Mr. Frederick Wasmeu Amable, has denied involvement in any scandalous deal to sell 50% of GMPC's existing stake in the Deepwater Tunnel contract area to a South African company, PetroSA. There's a direct quote here that says that my detractors, without verifying the facts, would GMPC make baseless claims suggesting my involvement in a supposed scandalous transaction aimed at offloading 50% of GMPC's existing stake in the Deepwater Tunnel contract area. Now, furthermore, they assert that this action constitutes a divestment of the state's beneficial interest, he said in a statement released in Accra yesterday. And according to him, he has taken due note of the libelous statements against him by his detractors, including civil society organizations, and that he reserves the right to take legal action against these organizations and, quote-unquote, anyone engaged in this diabolic exercise of destroying my name and reputation will be dealt with. Well, mm. let me stay with... statement here on, yeah. on Let me stay with GMPC on page 3 of the BNFT. Okay. Piak is advocating for a review of the GMPC law that is 40 years old. It came... Uh, the uh, Yes, the 40-year-old mm -hmm. GMPC law. Now, according to Piak... This act came into being when the nation was yet to discover and produce petroleum resources such as gas and oil, and as such gave the corporation some discretionary powers to embark on certain activities that are alien to global best practices. Mm -hmm. For instance, the PIAC in 2022, in this 2022 report, found out that the GMPC engaged in several quasi-fiscal expenditures, mm -hmm. such as road construction, building infrastructure projects, and funding traditional festivities, mm -hmm. among others, the detriment of its core mandate. As a result, in 2022, GMPC's expenditure on various line items such as capital projects and administration witnessed a significant increase of over 200%. Since 2014, GMPC has spent over $124 million on constructing roads in the Western Corridor Enclave, which is a primary responsibility of the central government and not a national oil company. Now, it says that GMPC is using a subsidiary, Jubilee Oil Holding Limited, okay. to carry out operations not approved in GMPC's work plan for the year. Yeah, so Absolutely. something interesting there. Okay, let's do some politics. <coughs> okay. And the New Patriotic Party has announced that from today, mm -hmm. those who are interested in being the party's flag bearer for the 2024 elections can pick up their forms. Okay. The party says, quote, nomination forms shall be obtained from the office of the General Secretary from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., mm -hmm. Monday to Friday. And the party said the nomination process would end on the 26th 
of June. Now, this decision was taken at the party's National Executive Committee and National Council meetings held on April 3, 2023. And all hopefuls are expected to pay a non-refundable nomination fee of 50,000 CDs. So, okay. if okay. you want or if you think or believe that you have what it takes mm -hmm. to be the flag bearer of the MPP, find your 50,000 and go and pay and get your forms. Okay. Uh, staying with politics, there are two stories that I want to uh, bring to your attention. If you go to the front page of the Inquisitor, they are saying that the national executives of the MPP have passed the very first test that they have been uh, given to deal with. And that is in connection with the Kumauba election, which they won as a party by some 70% um, of the votes, the valid votes that came in. Of course, people raise issues of alleged vote buying and related matters, which the institutions of state would have to look into. But the Inquisitor has uh, some article on that. Mm. But if you go to uh, the other story, which is in the, uh, the new... Okay. The new weekend, there's a story there that says, Choose Zanetto Rawlings as your running mate. NDC guru is advocating. Mm. Now, okay. uh, the, the story says, A stalwart of the National Democratic Congress, NDC, Shadrach Okata, has um, advised former president John Dramani Mahama to appoint Zanetto Rawlings as his running mate to help the party win the 2024 general election, hands down. Now, he is hopeful that the appointment of uh, Zanato Rawlings would convince many people to defect to the NDC ahead of the election. Now, according to him, it is only when the daughter of the late President Jerry John Rawlings is appointed running mate by the uh, former President John Mahama that the party could increase its votes across the 16 regions of the country. And uh, he implored former President John Mahama to avoid any mistake of appointing any personality as his running mate other than Zanetto Rawlings if he wants to be uh, the next president of the Republic. <laughs> Let me take you to... If you want to advise the man, you go and advise him. <laughs> Let me take you to the courts <laughs> where uh, Jusak's strike uh, has halted justice delivery according to the Daily Graphic yep. on uh, page 16. Uh, says that the Judicial Service Association of Ghana, Jusak strike is biting hard across the country with the various law courts. Uh, nationwide being reduced to a graveyard ambience barely 24 hours after the industrial action. Mm -hmm. A working visit to the various courts in the region by in the regions by the daily graphic teams yesterday revealed that the entire legal system has grounded to a halt as they hit to brisk legal hubs were deserted. Mm -hmm. um, so, as a lawyer, George Bernard Shaw, mm -hmm. said the government should, as a matter of urgency, resolve the issues that led to the strike for the wheel of justice to start running again. So, they went to the Upper East region, and they reported from the courts in Boga, Tangana, Rungo, Sandema, Bonga, Bungu, and Zebila, which were all shut down. When the graphic arrived, the, the entrance to the building had been padlocked, mm -hmm. and there was no security officer. The supervising High Court Judge Justice Charles A. J. Wilson was not spared as he could not access his office oh. upon arrival on the premises around 9 a.m. Subsequently, <laughs> he was compelled to hang around for a while before leaving. In hope, uh, the main yard of the judicial service was desolate and as silent as a cemetery, according to Alberto Mario Noretti. Two magistrate courts in other locations in the region were also shut down. Same from the Bruno region. Uh, the, comp the court complex in the Cape Coast in Cape Coast was also under lock and key 
when the daily graphic visited Ashanti region same, Eastern region same. Okay, let me uh, stay with the courts. If you go to the front page of the Republic Press, the story that uh, we brought for you yesterday, Pesa White in hot soup for allegedly insulting some uh, the Supreme Court judges. The story um, says that a star witness in the 2020 election petition and the lecturer at the University of Ghana, Dr. Uh, Pesa White, has been caught on the wrong side of the law following some disparaging <laughs> statements he has allegedly made against members of the apex court of the land now dr Kwesa uh, white uh, has engaged the supreme court in a running battle after an embarrassing episode during the petition hearing when his accounts were described by the law courts um, as a collection of fanciful tales now the story continues and says that the court after listening to the university uh, lecturer concluded that he did not do the work which was expected of him as a representative of the presidential candidate within the strong room of the electoral commission well the story goes on to actually trace the history and now links it to um, the recent tweet that he mm -hmm. uh, put out uh, which tweet apparently uh, the Supreme Court thought was, um, you know, very distasteful. Yeah, and and they have that, therefore summoned him to appear before the court uh, and explain why he should not be, uh, you know, held in contempt of the court. Let well, me talk. Just talking about that quickly. A quick plug-in. Uh, Chief Justice nominee Justice yes. Gertrude Araba Sabatokono will mm -hmm. be facing the appointments committee today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, now she was nominated by the president in April. And according to the president, her nomination was to avoid any vacuum that would occur following the retirement of Chief Justice Kwesi Enin Yabua mm -hmm. on May 24. We do know that Justice Doche mm -hmm. is currently acting. Yes, he's standing in the gap. Yeah, he's the senior most um, justice on the Supreme Court presently. So the law demands that um, he would he will be acting in the absence of uh, a substantive Chief Justice. And let me also mention that yesterday, uh, Dr. Kwesa White issued a statement apologizing for the comments that he had made and suggested that uh, you know if the uh, supreme court like if the thing was distasteful then he was taking them back um uh, there's an article i've done on that so yes yes yes, yes. News, yeah. it's, it's a, it is on citynewsroom.com which yeah. sky has written on that essentially he's asking if a swift apology mm -hmm. can save a professor uh, Pesa White. Yeah, I think you should have breakfast over that this morning. Yes, if you can. And, 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 uh, and quickly, there's, a, there's an article that uh, is, no, it's actually a story. Let me mention it for the people who are interested. Supreme Court orders seven day Pentecostal assemblies to elect new president. Okay. It's in the center spread of the Chronicle, mm -hmm. and, and if you would indulge me, okay, just two ahead. paragraphs of the story. Uh, Sebastian R. Uh, Freku says the Supreme Court has held. <clears throat> has upheld the decision of the Court of Appeal directing the Association of Seven-Day Pentecostal Assemblies to elect a new president. Now, a unanimous decision of the Supreme Court presided over by Justice V.J.M. Duce on May 16, 2023, has thus dismissed an application of a stay of execution of judgment um, of the Court of Appeal, which was, um, you know, 
the subject matter of the appeal to the uh, Supreme Court. You have to get a copy of uh, the, the Chronicle and yes. read that if you're interested. Let me wrap okay. up with the story on page six of the Daily Guardian. This TikTok couple arrested for killing their son. Yes. So a shocking story has emerged from the city of Tema in the Greater Accra region as the police go after a couple whose TikTok videos have gone viral in recent days. Godpapa the Greatest and Empress Lupita were seen in the videos engaging in various questionable actions, including smoking. However, the most disturbing revelation came in interviews with a couple by Kofi TV, where they confessed to killing one of their children because he was possessed by an evil spirit. Or based on the disturbing revelations that him community, two police have reportedly apprehended the couple and are now investigating the charges against them. Okay. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Godfrey. Thank yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that was the newspaper review, Charlie. More wild stories. Coming up next is the City Business News. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Hello, good morning and welcome to the breakfast edition of the City Business News brought to you by MTN Goyle and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nanatufo Boating. Bring you the details of our stories now and businesses are expressing fears over the potential negative impact Ghana's deal with the International Monetary Fund will have on the cost of doing business. The business community is particularly concerned with revenue generating conditionality, mainly the imposition of taxes and the incrementing utility tariffs, which they say are inimical to business growth. Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Mark Bedouabwaje, wants the government to ensure its engagements with the IMF do not overburden consumers or stifle the survival of firms. We have to raise ourselves up as businesses and also as consumers because cost of doing business is likely to go up and businesses may not be able to absorb all these costs and part of it will be transferred to consumers. If you look at the IMF document itself, you realize that it's heavily tilted towards revenue mobilization and you have our cost to complain about what about the uh, expenditure rationalization. In Ghana, if you want to mobilize revenue, it's largely through taxes. And who are those who are paying the taxes. It's the businesses. I think point 24, there are a number of things that they want to do when it comes to taxes and other things. Some of them are likely to affect businesses. And the automatic adjustment of utility prices will also affect businesses. So likely that the impact is there, the negative impact is there. You heard Mark Bedouabwaje, Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, speaking in an interview with the City Business Edition, which airs right after this bulletin. Away from that, economist Courage Bouti is predicting that it will take the country another two to three years to regain the confidence of investors, thus the need for government to focus on gaining investor confidence before returning onto the international capital market to borrow. This comes after fresh hints by President Akufado that government has plans to borrow again from the market 
to fund the infrastructural projects despite the finance minister's assurances that government is in no rush to do so. In an interview with City Business News, Carriage Boutique cautioned the government to hasten slowly and focus on working its way to regain creditworthiness. Regaining market access principally would just mean that you get improvement in your uh, credit rating and, and then if there is a need to pay a principal and you do not have the hard currency to do so, you know the 2017 euro bond of 750 million, at some point we amortize part of it using the sinking fund and, and really that is what would have been an ideal situation but very few countries ever paid down their debt, they mostly roll over. So regaining market access just gives investors confidence that in the worst case scenario, if you cannot pay your debt from maybe your own internally generated revenues and all. Courage Boti is an economist. Now, the Ghana Union of Traders Association, GUTA, is impressing upon the Ghana Standards Authority to strengthen its surveillance on border towns of the country to reduce the influx of the importation of inferior goods onto the Ghanaian market. Although the union commends the authority for making efforts in clamping down enterprises that have defaulted in the use of standardized cables and electrical products, it says monitoring on the borders needs to be intensified. Dr. Joseph Obeng is the president of GUTA. You know we have borders around. And that much as we are doing our own um, uh, to control in our country, others will be um, uh, coming through um, the other corridors. Um, who are also not controlling their imports. So we cannot do this in isolation. That's why I called on the Ghana Standard Authority to seek um, government support to close um, um, some of the products from coming through, the, especially the Eastern Corridor. That's where normally we have these problems. So um, apart from that, we ourselves have shown our commitment, as I have said, that we have to support Ghana um, standard authority because it does not even work in our own interest as traders. Dr. Joseph Obeying is the president of the Ghana Union of Traders Association, GUTA. Let's now take you to the interbank foreign exchange market where banks trade amongst themselves to find out how the CD is performing. The dollar is selling at 10 CDs, 78 pesos. It recorded no price change. The British pound lost 4 pesos and is selling at 13 CDs, 31 pesos. The euro lost 3 pesos and is selling at 11 CDs, 57 pesos. However, at some forex bureaus in the capital, the dollar is selling for 11 CDs while the British pound is selling at 13 CDs, 80 pesos. The euro is going for 11 CDs, 90 pesos. Let's now join Gillian Hammer of Data Bank for part two of the topic, Five Steps to Creating Your Investment Plan. Today, we continue with the five steps to create an investment plan. As a reminder, step one was to set specific and realistic goals. Step two was to calculate how much you need to save each month. Step three is to choose your investment strategy. Know your personal risk tolerance and investment time horizon. If you're saving for long-term goals, you might choose more aggressive, higher-risk investments. If your goals are short-term, you might choose lower-risk, conservative investments, or you might want to take a more balanced approach. Keep in mind, however, that you may also have long-term investment goals, but a low risk tolerance. In that case, it is important to still choose lower-risk, conservative investments. That was Gillian Hammer of Data Bank. And then the breakfast edition of City Business News brought to you by MTN, Goyle, and powered by your most comprehensive 
Business News website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nanatufo Boateng. Many thanks for listening. Do have a good business day. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. It's eight after seven. We'll get into the City Business Edition in a bit. But a few points of information now. In celebration of motherhood, FBN Bank invites you, our female entrepreneurs and professionals, to sign up for the first gem account designed for women aged 18 and above. Do you prefer a personal savings or current first gem account? Or you are looking to open a first gem entrepreneur account? Either way, we have got you covered. Call 0596-921921 or visit any FBN Bank branch. Or you can leave a comment on any of FBN Bank's social media handles or visit FBN, fbnbankghana.com and we'll reach out. FBN Bank, you first. Are you looking for the best value data and voice offers? Look no further as Vodafone has some beatable deals made just for you. Just dial star 530 hash and get onto any of the Vodafone made for me bundles. Fast little as one Ghana CD, Vodafone made for me has got exactly what you need. Vodafone further together now everybody's looking for that one thing that pushes them to perform at their very peak your car wants the same thing that's why you need to give it shell helix engine or lubricant it will help your car function so well whether you are on the open road or battling heavy traffic shell helix will keep your engine running smoothly visit your local shell station today and experience the difference for yourself Coming up next is the City Business Edition and today we are extending our series on the trade and business community. Now, how will businesses navigate these times now that the IMF deal has been approved? That uh, has been approved. That's the major conversation we are having this morning with the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. All of that and more coming right up is the City Business Edition. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Please wait. Ah, please wait. Please wait until I get my new car. Please wait until I find my real side. I'm gonna get me some love. See? 
It's another episode of the City Business Edition on 97.3 CTFM. Hello and welcome. My name is Ni Lati Lati. Today on the show, you know that it's been a week that the International Monetary Fund approval has been topical in the news. Well, the first tranche, which is the 600 million US dollars, is sitting comfortably in the account of the Bank of Ghana. Well, following the approval, how do you think businesses are positioning themselves for what appears to be uh, the long haul, given some of the things you are seeing. That's why I find myself today in the office of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Mark Bedu Abwaje is Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber. He's my guest on the show this morning. Mr. Bedu Abwaje, good morning to you and thank you for joining us. Good morning and let me say good morning to the members of the Chamber, mm. the potential members and the private sector business operators in Ghana. Well, thank you for, for agreeing to speak to us. Welcome once again. But You're welcome. How will you say that the chamber is faring? Well, I think the chamber is, is doing well, but largely it also depends on how our members are also doing. Because it's a business association, so if the businesses are doing well, then you can say that uh, the association is also doing well. But looking at the current um, challenges, uh, there are a lot of concerns about the cost of doing business and the fact that there are no money in the system. Mm -hmm. So largely, we are putting body and souls together, I see. Uh, trying to ensure that we survive this difficult moment. Well, anytime you speak to you know businesses and those players in the in the in the trade industry, they will always tell you that they are challenged. But even before we come to these challenges, I can see that your chamber is a very big one. The reason I'm seeing this is because of your name. You have Ghana in there. You have national, you have chamber, you have commerce, you also have industry featuring. So, I mean, it's a big association. Can you tell us what exactly you do as a chamber? Okay, so let me give you some historical background mm -hmm. and probably you understand the name. So, the Chamber of Commerce actually started over 250 years ago by our colonial masters, basically to facilitate their trade. So, they looked at areas where there are. Uh, um, natural resources. So we have a chamber of commerce in Takrade for the mining and the mm. western parts. We had one in Kumasi for the middle bit and the northern uh, sector and then one in Accra. And basically what they are doing is that they use it to just put their they put that together, the raw materials and export mm. to um, Europe and other countries uh, like America. Mm. That was the initial concept. Uh, of Chamber of Commerce. But in 1968, the first president of Ghana realized that we need a voice for businesses and the role that the Chamber of Commerce was playing at that time uh, was not promoting and protecting the interests of businesses in Ghana. So by an LI 611 of 1968, the current the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry was established. And the focus changed from just facilitation to promotion and protecting of businesses. So we're given a mandate to ensure that businesses are doing well, businesses get a required support from government uh, to ensure that the right environment is also created for businesses to thrive. So that is basically uh, our role. And we, we've done that over the years. Um, we do a lot of advocacy. Uh, we call it evidence-based advocacy. Before we come out to speak, we ensure that we've done a lot of research, we know the background of what we are saying, and we're able to also offer recommendations to government to, do, to influence policies in the interest of businesses. We also do capacity building. In fact, if you ask a typical business person what they need at the moment, they will say money. Mm. But if you have the money 
and you don't have the ability to manage those resources, you end up wasting the money. That's the reason why a lot of businesses, the SMEs, are collapsing in Ghana. So we've taken it upon ourselves as a chamber to build the soft skills of businesses to be able to manage their business efficiently and profitably. So we take them through uh, financial management, risk management, corporate governance, uh, packaging, and all sort of um, topics that will help them to manage uh, their businesses. And another role that we play is to ensure that businesses get opportunity to exhibit their products. So we have inbound and outbound trade fairs. So through the trade fairs, you are able to exhibit your product and sell. And the outside ones, so we help them to uh, be part of trade fairs uh, in the whole world, across the globe. And largely, one important role also that we play um, is networking. Um, we get a lot of people or businesses coming to Ghana seeking to um, establish partnership, joint venture, collaboration with businesses in, in Ghana. Largely, they will need people who are credible, and the only institution that they contact is the chamber. So we organize what is called Business to Business, a platform where investors coming from outside the country will get to meet business owners in Ghana. So they can uh, have discussions on how people can invest, on how uh, if you want to be a distributor, you can get um, somebody to either distribute your goods uh, for you. We also facilitate for uh, members to get access to grants and loans and other things. So we have done that and some of our members have been able to get uh, grants that are really helping them in their businesses. Uh, basically, this is what we've been doing and it's a support program um, that we offer to businesses uh, in Ghana. Okay, so that's some rich history that you provided, Mr. Bidu Abuaji, but if I look at the narration, it as if the, the chamber is not sleeping at all. So for you, what will you say? is one of the greatest you know contributions in the country in terms of advocacy your achievement and all that well if you say one probably you are limiting me because <laughs> we, we have done have a lot eh? yes uh, but the quick one uh, you know the 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 corporate tax mm. was 32.5 uh, percent it was through the advocacy of the chamber mm. that brought it to the current level of 25 percent mm. and we are seeking to bring it down further. further now what we are doing is to have a tier tax system where the companies a progressive tax mm. system so if an sme you are not paying 25 percent that maybe you pay 10 percent and that is key and that will help businesses in 2017 um we did an advocacy on streamlining the duty drawback mm. the duty drawback basically means that if you import raw material and semi-finished goods and you add value to it and you re-export, the duty that you paid on the raw material should be refunded to you mm. just to enhance the capacity of um, uh, manufacturers in Ghana. And if you go through your process, within five years, you're supposed to get your money. For five years and ten, people were not getting it. So we are back on advocacy to streamline it and to ensure that those who have money with uh, GIA are paid. And so instead of going for loan at a high interest rate, that money comes to you and reinvests into your business. Mm. The very day we did the stakeholder engagement, government released five million to businesses. Mm. And subsequently, they have digitized the process. So now, previously, if you are in the northern region you want to apply, you have to come to DIA in Accra. Now you can go to on their line and do that. I can also track the stages of your, um, of your application. And for me, it's very key. People are now getting... Mm. 
uh, their money. The quick one to add is the, the research and the advocacy we did at the port. We call it improving efficiency at the port and harmonizing duties and levies. Previously, there were 17 different government agencies at the port. I mean, a lot of time being wasted, and each of them was uh, taking money from, from importers. It was through our advocacy that really brought about the paperless system. Mm -hmm. And now you go there, systems are digitized, and there are less human intervention, so we can quickly get your, your goods uh, out. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them that we are doing, and every year we make input into the government uh, uh, budget. So the issues of advertising, interest rate, and all those things, are something that we constantly engage government just to create the right business environment for, for businesses and build a stronger Ghana. That is what we all need to do. And let me use this opportunity to correct a mis uh, misconception out there that the chamber is for big, big companies <laughs> from multinationals. That was actually what I was about to ask you. You yes. see why I, see, I, I said that you are not a small uh, chamber, exactly. you are a big one, of exactly. course. And so from your conversation, I realized that you are more concerned about, you know, the small exactly. industries, so SME, small to medium enterprise and all that. And giving your contribution, your advocacy, I've seen that, well, if anyone has a business proposal, this is the right place for the person to be. Sure. Uh, so, um, if I, let me give you some statistics. About 90% of our members are SMEs. Mm. So whatever we are doing is to promote the SMEs so that they are able to grow to become multinationals. Mm. So you are, if you are doing a legal business <laughs> and you are registered, you can join the chamber. That. We have eight branches across the country. Uh, so wherever we are and also now with technology you can go to our website and then you can go through a process and, and, and join the chamber. We have a branch in Accra here aside the head office. We have a branch in Tema, we have a branch in um, Kumasi, one at WA for the people uh, in the northern yeah, part. The northern and then we have Kipkos, we have Takrade and we have Takwa. So you can join the chamber. Mm -hmm. Um, and we are also part of the Federation of West African Chamber of Commerce and Industry, which is the Chambers of Commerce and Industry in Africa, and the Pan-African Chamber of Commerce and Industry, all Chambers of Commerce in, in Africa, and then International Chamber of Commerce and Industry. So once you join the Chamber of Commerce in Ghana, automatically you become a member of this International Chambers of Commerce. And you have a pool of businesses and network. You know, businesses network is very key. It's very key. That's where you can get access to people who would want to buy your product, people who have raw materials that you can tap into, and people who also have funds and they are looking for opportunity to... And even expertise. And expertise to, to, to invest. So if you have a business, I think you should join the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce. I'm sure industry. before I leave here, I'll be putting forward my, my proposal, my business proposal for, for yeah, We are ready for to you, support you. you. That, that is basically our work, <laughs> so we are ready to support you. Interesting stuff there. But uh, over the years, what would you see the environment or climate has been? Has it been enabling enough? What has changed? What do you think is the way forward? What would you say generally is happening in, in our business environment? Well, we, there have been instances where we've had a very improved environment. And I think prior to uh, 2022, we had a very conducive business environment. Because when the MPP government came, for me, one of the things that is said that I was very much happy was the fact that there are a lot of taxes uh, in the system. Uh, which was killing businesses. So, I mean, I think they abolished close to uh, 17 taxes. Yeah, and around that time, the nuisance tax. And around that time, we realized that businesses were doing very well. 
and then also the GDP. If you look at the numbers, on average of five percent, which for me is is very is, is very good. Then we had COVID coming in. And the challenge is that there was a lockdown and other things. So a lot of businesses went under. And the reason being that the businesses in Ghana are not resilient. We actually did the research during the COVID time and realized that most of them have not taken risk management into consideration. Um, in their projection. So, so they are just going about their normal duties. They are just going normal duties. And of course, these are SMEs. That's why I was telling you that capacity building is it's key. That's important. why I've taken it upon ourselves to do the, the, the training. But, but what, 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 what was the challenge? The, the challenge is that they don't even understand what risk management is. You need to be able to identify risk in your business and put in place the mitigation measures. That is when the source uh, should come, you'll be able to withstand it. So we are taking them through that process as well. So around that time, a lot of businesses went down. So just when we were um, uh, coming up again, then we had these uh, economic challenges that um, is currently going on from 20, latter part of 2021. It's been an extremely difficult year and harsh uh, conditions for, for businesses. If you have inflation uh, going up to 54.1% as, as at the end of December 2022, and now it's 412 have consistently the, the policy rates going up to current level of 295 And you know the link between the, the, the lending, the rate, lending and rate, rate and the policy rate. Anytime the, the, policy, the rate policy rate goes, goes up, up, lending rate yeah, also the, goes the, up. The banks will respond positively. Mm-hmm. They are businesses, so the lending rate will go up. At the moment, if you want to borrow, my brother, you, you have to get about 40 to 45% of whatever amount you are borrowing. Which business can survive under such circumstances? And we had multiplicity of taxes. A lot of them. Some are largely counterproductive and inimical to uh, to businesses. The ones that were introduced recently uh, as as prior condition for us to get access to the bailout of three billion. Mm. Those taxes for me are counterproductive. So you mean the excise duties, the excise duties, the income tax, and also exactly. the growth and sustainability the tax. The growth and sustainability levy is supposed to be a tax for a short period of time to solve specific problems. We started in 2001 during President Kufo's time as National Reconstruction Levy. And within five years, supposed to go off, they changed the name and they started National Physical Stabilization Levy. Mm. Continuous like that. And then now they have rebranded it, giving it a new growth and a new name, and they are calling the Growth and Sustainability Levy. So it has become a constant tax for businesses. And the structure is that it's on gross profit which you cannot deduct as an expense before you pay your corporate tax. Yeah. So it becomes a direct cost to, to, to businesses. And now you come in with the excise uh, duties, which is 20%. All these things, they feed into cost of production. And then you have utility um, uh, prices going up. The IMF document says that there should be automatic adjustment. We have which, already seen it. Yes, which two hours. Hours. <laughs> yes. From September last year to now, we have had close to 75% increase in electricity uh, tariffs. Electricity constitutes about 30% of a normal manufacturing firm or a business. So anytime you have 1% increase, you can imagine the effect on businesses. So 
The business environment is harsh. For me, I think we need to do something about the business environment and it's harsh for every business. Before we come to what needs to be done, in this particular series, I've been engaged in a number of you know, trade organizations. I've spoken to Guta, I've spoken to the Food and Beverages Association of Ghana, that's far back. And it appears the, the, the sentiments are pretty much the same. It's all about taxes, it's all about you know, utility tariffs. But what really is the challenge? Is it because uh, Ghana is a heavily dependent country when it comes to importation. Why isn't that the conversation will move to building local industries? Do you think if we move from you know what they call taxation to production, our wars will be over? Yes, obviously. I think that um, um, Excellency the Vice President rightly said so that you are going to move from taxation to production. That is what the discussion and the conversation is supposed to be we the macroeconomic management and the micro they complement each other but we have used the macro which is the fiscal and the monetary to weaken the, the, micro. the, the micro but the micro is the foundation that is the productive sector if you have a very strong micro you can easily resolve your macro issues so if you look at the countries that are doing well in the management of their, of their macro, they have resolved all the challenges at the firm level, the industry level. So the private sector is strong, the manufacturing sector is strong, and they are producing. The focus is on production. When you solve that, then the businesses will be able to pay more taxes. The businesses will now be able to produce the goods that you are importing. So for instance, we are saying that we import almost everything. The reason being that we don't produce locally. So we have empowered and incentivized our uh, local industries to produce the goods that we are importing, import substitution. The dollar that you will require to import, that dollar will be here. And also those that are producing will begin to export and you will get the foreign revenue to show up your balance of payment. In that case, you will not go and borrow or get money from, uh, from, from IMF. <laughs> When these businesses are also strong, then they will employ a lot of people. Those individuals will also pay their taxes. Those individuals will have a, a higher income that will increase their demand for goods and services. The manufacturing firms will now produce more and enjoy economies of scale. So you can't manage your macro and then leave the, uh, the, the micro. And that's what we have been doing. We think we can solve our issues with taxation. We can't do that until we strengthen the micro, we strengthen the businesses, we strengthen the productive sector. We will always go to IMF every four years. We've been there for 17, 17 times. times. We have not learned lessons. And the reasons why we go to IMF, the reasons they don't change. change. They are the same thing. Revenue mobilization and expenditure rationalization. Let's look at our expenditure. But if you want to generate more revenue from taxes, it's not about introducing new taxes or increasing the rate for existing taxes. When you do that, you get to a point people will be tired and they will find a way to avoid the payment. There is a theory in economics, the Laffer curve. Mm. The more you increase your tax rate, the less your tax revenue because people will now begin to find a way around of, it. Of evading so, the taxes. Yes, of, evade, of, of avoiding the taxes. Tax evasion is, is criminal. Yeah. So avoiding the taxes. Which is the legal uh, one. Which is a legal one. Of course, if you look at the e-levy, the when they, they pegged the rate at 1.5, we spoke about it extensively. They didn't listen. 
People now will now find a way. If I want to transfer money, then I can work and give it to the person. I will do that. And so the revenue that they were expecting, they didn't get. For me, the issue now is to look at the productive sector. When we do that, we'll be able to solve the challenges at the macro level. Mm, I see. So the point is to say that uh, because you are not giving you know, industry the needed support, Ghanaian businesses are no longer competitive. The country is not even a favorable destination to conduct business. It's, it's not competitive. Mm. Because if you look at the, the indicators that I mentioned, as compared to other uh, countries, you realize that we are not competitive. Mm. Our neighboring countries, for instance, if you go to the port, Ghana port now, the containers that used to come in their numbers, they are not coming because the duties and the levies and the taxes and all those things, 22 different ones. Meanwhile, there are alternative sources like the Côte d'Ivoire and Togo. So most of them are now using this uh, uh, port. Some have actually set up warehouses there. So they use the port, they store the goods, and they bring them as and when they, they, they want to. So the revenue that you would want to get, for which reason you have introduced the taxes, mm -hmm. you, will not, you will not get the revenue. So we need to look at some of, this, some of these things. Our trade policy, I've said several times, looks more like generating revenue than facilitating trade. It is for that reason that you have a lot of these taxes and uh, levies at the port. It, 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 it's not helping. So the picture is that gradually we are losing out on cross-border trade and some of you know the trade arrangements exactly. that we've made. Exactly. In particular, because when I spoke to Guta, they also made the same point that we are even losing out on the after. Yes. You see, the after basically is that we have created a common market. And after creates market, it doesn't create demand. Demand should be created by the individuals based on their products, the quality and the packaging, and also looking for people who are ready to buy these products. That is what the situation is now. So you can have the market, but you will not be able to export because when you don't have the product, your product is not competitive. Others are selling this product at a lower rate. The danger is that we have opened our market and the likelihood that, I mean, those are the northern part of Africa, the Morocco and the other things, they are producing at a relatively cheaper rate and they will flood our market. Otherwise, we may not be able to benefit from the after, even though we have the, uh, the, the, the head office here. And those who benefit from international trade are those who manufacture, those who add value to their raw materials. I mean, if you have all these taxes and other issues, my brother, it's, it's difficult. And if you interact with the business people, you can have a feel of what is going on. Some are willing to work, but the environment is not supportive now. We are hoping that this will improve. As you hope, it also appears that things are going to get worse. At least the IMF has given us the indication that well taxes, utility, tariff hikes and all that, they are non-negotiable. They are actually crucial for you know the bailout that we've sought from them. So, two quick things. What's the contribution of your chamber? And you also mentioned that you have a program that is actually helping the country with the after end. Talk to me about these two things. Okay. So, as a chamber, we have um, realized, as I've said earlier, that if you don't put in a lot of effort, businesses in Ghana will not benefit from, from the after. So we are doing two things. One is to build the capacity of these businesses to understand what after is, what are the protocols, the rules of origin. Because it's very complex and ordinary 
um, exporter may not understand. So we are doing that. Last year alone, with the support of NIAZ, we trained 1,500 exporters and potential exporters on the after uh, protocols. We went around all the capital, um, the regional capitals uh, in Ghana. Uh, secondly, we also believe that we have to go beyond the capacity building and do what is called hand holding mm -hmm. to help them to navigate successfully through the process of exporting uh, and after, which we are doing. We are also very much aware that trade policies affect males and females differently. Mm -hmm. It's gender sensitive. So if you, if you leave it broadly like that, women may not be able to take advantage of after. So this year, our focus is on women. So far, we have trained close to 300 women. And I mean, within the next few weeks, we'll be going to other regions to train them as well. The other side is also to create demand for them. As we said, we are members of FEWASI, PASI, and ICC, so the network is there. How do we ensure that the product of Ghanaians are known across this African uh, country? So together with FEWASI, Federation of West African Chamber of Commerce, there's a, a digital platform that our members can go there and you upload your goods there, you can state your price. If you need raw materials, you can easily go there and indicate the kind of raw materials that you need. Mm -hmm. And quickly, somebody who would want to buy your product will get in touch. Somebody who wants to provide uh, raw materials will also get in touch. So we are looking at it from both ends. I'm also looking at it in terms of trade facilitation. So together with GIA and the Ministry of Trade, we have designed an electronic certificate of origin where you can sit wherever you are and apply for the certificate of origin. And also there's a team that ensures that we are registering businesses that are ready to export. So if you have a business, if you have a product that you want to export, you can get in touch with the chamber and it will take you through the process so you can benefit from, uh, from, from after. So after is key, if you're able to do it very well, a market of close to $1.2 um, people and over four trillion dollars uh, of value is huge, and you have to take advantage uh, of that. Mm. So, if there is any business owner listening, and then he or she wants you know take advantage of the services that you are offering, are you able to walk us through the process? It's as simple as that. You require the ABCD of joining the chamber. First, you should do a legal business, and our activities cut across all the sectors of the Ghanaian economy. So, we have a Greek. We have um, the industry, and then we have the services sector, and we have sub-sectors. So we have 17 different subsets. Mm -hmm. So whatever you are doing, if it's legal, definitely you come under here. one of the uh, sectors that we, we operate. And also we have to be registered with the Registrar General Department. The reason being that we want to be able to vouch for the credibility of our members. Because constantly we get requests from outside uh, the country asking us to link them to people from various sectors, either for trade, for services and other things. So we want to make sure that we, we keep that credibility, we ensure that we protect the interests of the chamber and also the interests of Ghana, the credibility of Ghana. So we will not just um, link you to anybody if you don't know him, don't know what you are doing. So we want to make sure that you are ready. Once you are done, you can go into our website, the forms are there, you can download it 
and then our marketing team will help you to uh, to register. Sounds simple. Very, very simple. Very, very simple. And so this particular support you are providing actually comes in handy because of, you know, the anticipation or expectation that things are going to get tough for, you know, businesses because of the IMF. Generally, what will you say to businesses? How should they position themselves, you know, for, for the difficult times ahead? So I, I, I will say that we have to raise ourselves up mm. as businesses and also as consumers because cost of doing business is likely to go up and businesses may not be able to absorb all these costs and part of it will be transferred to uh, consumers. If you look at the IMF um, document itself, you realize that it's heavily tilted towards revenue mobilization and you have our cost to complain about what about the uh, expenditure rationalization. In Ghana, if you want to mobilize revenue, it's largely through taxes. And who are those who are paying the taxes? It's the businesses. I think point 24, there are a number of things that they want to do when it comes to taxes and other things. Some of them are likely to affect the businesses. Some are, have already been front-loaded, as we said, yeah. the, the first, the first uh, three taxes. The first that three taxes. And the automatic adjustment of utility prices will also affect businesses. So likely that the impact is there, the negative impact is there. What I'm asking for is how do we mitigate this negative impact? Much as we want revenue as a country, we should look at also building a resilient economy, an inclusive growth economy where businesses are the ones developing the economy. So we need to now have a discussion on the impact of this IMF, which we are going to have. There's a program we call uh, uh, the Timber National Dialogue, and we are going to do that. We're going to dissect this IMF deal mm. and look at the impact on uh, businesses so we can advise them on how they can position uh, themselves. So likely that prices are also uh, going to go up. So you as a consumer should also be concerned and business should also be concerned. The IMF uh, deal for me, we see it's a necessary evil because we got into a point where we could not do anything. We couldn't do it ourselves. We couldn't resuscitate our economy ourselves. There was a need for us to get this support. Our reserve had gone down significantly to, I mean, about three weeks of import or so. Looking at the macroeconomic indicators, we needed the IMF deal. In fact, the, there were a lot of uncertainties. Confidence level had gone down significantly. So those who would want even to invest okay. in the economy were sitting on the fence looking at what will happen. Somewhere around two weeks ago, we had a delegation from uh, Pakistan. And then the discussion was, when is IMF money coming? Are you able to ensure that you stabilize your economy? You have people who would want to come, but they are waiting to see what is going on. Once that money comes, you know, the World Bank will yeah. give you something. The other agencies will also be There's that credibility. There's that credibility. So we are likely to get a stable macroeconomic environment. But that environment is a necessary but not sufficient condition for economic growth. Also. When you create that environment, now the businesses must be powered, empowered actually to take advantage of that environment to produce. If you use that environment to cripple the businesses, the environment will be there, but you won't get the growth that you want. So you need to ensure that that necessary condition is created and is sufficient enough for businesses 
to now begin to produce and to thrive and to expand, set up new businesses, employ more people so that you get your revenue. So you don't have to sacrifice the, the private sector for this IMF deal. Once we have gotten it, any time that we've been to IMF, there are always conditionalities. The things that we were supposed to have done as a country that we didn't do. They are telling us They to are do telling now. us now to do. And the impact now will be harsher because there is a policeman standing there telling you that if you don't do this to your businesses, if you don't increase the taxes, if you don't automatically adjust your utility prices, I won't give you the next tranche. Mm. So you will do it. But if you are not careful, you will do that and collapse your businesses. So the argument generally is that businesses are the health of you know every nation. But so in as much as we want to show up our revenues and all that, we shouldn't do it at the detriment of you know the key players in the business. That's what we say that the private sector is the engine of growth. growth. Every engine needs what? Oil. Mm. What kind of oil are we feeding the private sector? Is it a dirty oil? They need clean and clear oil, lower inflation lower uh, uh, in, uh, interest rates, rate. lower uh, minimal taxes, minimal taxes. Uh, if you look at utility uh, prices, they are affordable uh, to businesses. In fact, if you want to go into manufacturing, the cost of utility or electricity per kilowatt hour should not be more than 6 cents. Ours is close to 15 cents, which is way higher. So you are competing with China with Malaysia that have a lower um, cost of electricity, they have lower taxes. So definitely we cannot compete very well. We, we, I think that we have to strengthen the business. In fact, we did a research looking at how productive SMEs and the bigger businesses are and realized that SMEs in Ghana are growth-oriented which means that giving the support, funding, lower taxes, they will do wonders. So we use close to 3,000 businesses, the account of 3,000 businesses. If you look at their EBITDA, their gross profit, all of them were making profit. When we introduce the externalities, the taxes, the interest rates, the levies, and all those things, then all of them were running at a loss, which means that we need to take that part very critical and consider how we can reduce them to make them uh, um, relatively affordable for businesses. When we grow businesses, I tell you, we can change the economy of Ghana, we can change the structure, and we may not even go to IMF again. Another, we did uh, another research looking at our export to our neighboring countries. And so if you are consistently exporting to Burkina Faso, you go there, most of the manufacturing products in Burkina Faso are from Ghana. Talk about pharmacy, uh, pharmaceutical products, the cosmetics, the garment. Consistent, we are doing that for five years. We will get more than three billion. Wow. Yes, close to five billion. And do you think if you get that, will you go to IMF? I do not think so. With, with all these conditionalities. <laughs> I, I do not think so at all. And to the extent that we have somebody from IMF sitting at our central bank, telling policing us, us. policing <laughs> us, and telling us what we should do, a sovereign country like Ghana, I think we should go beyond that. And of course, the answer to this is the micro, is empowering the businesses and building a very strong private sector. All right, thank you, uh, Mr. Magbidu Abouaj, this great insight. And I'm sure that with the support you are willing to provide businesses, 
businesses are able to thrive in the country. But that's our show for today, it's the City Business Edition on 97.3 FM. Uh, my name is Neil Lati. I was speaking to Mark Bigwabwachi, Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you same time next week. Bye bye. For me, but I have to say, please wait until I get my new car. Please wait until I find my real side. I'm gonna give me some love, love, somebody. No, 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 no. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Benjamin and Ketia here with the Friday edition of Kickoff. In the headlines, crucial games for Adriana Stars and Mediama Sporting Club in match week 32 of the Ghana Premier League. It's the final round of matches in the English Premier League as Leicester, Everton and Leeds United battle for survival. And in the NBA, the Boston Celtics force game 6 in the Eastern Conference Final with a blowout win over the Miami Heat. <laughs> Let's start off with the Ghana Premier League and it's a Friday game and it's a big game for Mediama Sporting Club as they hope to win their first ever title. They are currently top of the table and they will be up against Kim Faisal Football Club on Saturday. Adriana Stars will hope to keep up the chase when they take on Dreams FC and then there's Tamale City taking on Samatex Legon City. So we'll be up against Accra Hearts of Folk. Gold Stars will take on Kotoku Royals. There's Brekum Chelsea versus Insuatraman. There's Great Olympics also taking on Accra Lions. RTU will be up against Betim United. And then the game week will close out with a game between Asante Kotoko and Karela United. Let's get to some other stuff. And chairperson of the Malta Guinness Women's Premier League, Hilary Boating, has lauded the competitiveness of the just-ended season that saw Ampim Dakwa ladies lift the trophy for a second consecutive time. Now, Hazakes ladies and Ampim Dakwa ladies who faced off once again in this season's final had to win on the last day of the regular campaign in their respective zones to reach the final. Hilary Boating made these comments in an interview with City Sports. Overall, it was a really exciting and an even more competitive season than last season and that's saying much because last season was also really competitive um this this season we also that up until the final day of matches we were not very certain who the two winners were going to be and i'm referring to winners of the southern zone and then the northern zone and it had to take the final round of matches for for the winners to be announced. And I think that that in itself says a lot about how competitive and exciting um, this year's uh, 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 league uh, season was. So overall, a really, really successful one um, that, 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 that we've, just, we've just witnessed. Larry Boating is the chairperson of the Malta Guinness Women's Premier League. Let's get to some national team stuff and Black Satellite Management Committee chairman Randy Abe has expressed optimism in a technical team led by Samuel Buedu to build a formidable squad that will compete at the highest level. The national under-20 side emerged victorious over Division 1 side Wafa in a friendly game at their Sports Stadium as they step up preparations for the Wafu B 
2020 tournament in Cote d'Ivoire this July. Here's Randy Abbey speaking to City Sports. Well, I think this is um, at the preparatory stage. They started working on this team less than three months um, ago, so they're still work in progress. And um, um, this will be considered as perhaps the first phase of uh, building a formidable under 20 squad. So we have these boys who, um, God willing, uh, might be in Holland for uh, maybe a week and a half. And then when they come back, there's a Wafu under 20 tournament in uh, Cote d'Ivoire in July that they would also go um, and participate in. And that's all part of the preparation. Uh, whilst the coaches continue monitoring, they've done a lot of monitoring this season Premier Division 1, Division 2. So they would continue giving some players uh, the opportunity. We had Black Satellites Management Committee Chairman Randy Abbey speaking there. Let's get to the English Premier League and let's get to uh, March Week 38, which is the final day of matches as far as the league uh, is concerned. Arsenal Football Club will take on Wolves. Aston Villa take on Brighton. Brentford will be up against Manchester City. There's Chelsea versus Newcastle. There's also Crystal Palace taking on uh, Nottingham Forest. Everton will be up against Bournemouth in a crucial game that could secure... Uh, their status in the league or could uh, resign them to the championship. Leeds United also have a crucial game against Tottenham. They need to win and hope that results in other matches go their way. There's also Man United taking on Fulham. United have sealed um, Champions League football with their victory over Chelsea, meaning that Liverpool uh, will have to play Thursday night football in the Europa League. There's Leicester City also up against West Ham United. That is a big game. Uh, Leicester will also be hoping to win that game and be hoping that other results go their way. So it's a crucial week as far as the Premier League is concerned. Let's finish off with some other news. And AS Roma manager Jose Mourinho says he has a connection with every club he's worked uh, with except Tottenham Hotspur. Now, during his 17-month spell in charge of Spurs, Mourinho was unable to secure any silverware, the only uh, club he managed and not lifted the trophy at since uh, his time at uh, Unal de Lera more than 20 years ago. Now, Tottenham finished sixth after Mourinho replaced Mauricio Pochettino uh, mid-season in 2019, and they sat seventh on the table when he was sacked in 2021. Now, less than a week before, he was set to lead the club at a Wembley uh, Carabao Cup final. Let's listen to Jose Moreno speak about his time at Spurs. The reality is that I hope, I hope the Tottenham fans don't get me wrong, but the only club in my career where I don't have still a deep feeling is Tottenham. Uh, probably because the stadium was empty, COVID time, uh, probably uh, because Mr. Levy didn't let me win a final and win a trophy, but he's the only one. So after that, uh, Porto, Chelsea, Inter, Real Madrid, uh, Manchester United, all the clubs, I feel connection. So you heard Jose Mourinho speaking there. Let's finish off with some basketball. And the Boston Celtics are right back in contention in the Eastern Conference final. They beat the Miami Heat 110-97 to in a game where Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown came up big for the Celtics. So Game 6 will return to Miami. The Celtics will be hoping to win that as well and then bring Game 7 back to the TD Garden. That's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia, the small sports at citysportsonline.com. 
This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Where my lady said, where my honey said, where my shorty said, ah, one time for your mind. These days he sounds very different, but this was Sako dear. I think I can, I can say this was well, Sako is probably first commercial hit. Featuring Mugi of the Mache album. So this was the jam, Charlie. Yeah. 
Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. Earlier we had kickoff. Benjamin Ngetia brought us the latest from the world of sport. Kickoff proudly brought to us by Lechero. Now, did you know that for over a decade, Lechero Savings and Loans had been supporting the investment goals of customers with attractive solutions? Well, now you know. You can join that group. Open a fixed deposit account. Open a fixed deposit account with Lesheho and call them on 0577-707-700 and achieve your goals together. Lesheho Savings and Loans is your trusted haven for your investments. Lesheho, let's improve life. Kickoff is also brought to us by Shell Helix Engine Oil Lubricant Munkoswahini. That's what your car needs for it to perform at the highest level. Choose Shell Helix Lubricant Munkoswahini for the ultimate power, performance, and protection. Visit your local Shell station today and experience the difference for yourself. Okay, so I, yes, I have a birthday. I have one particular birthday wish that I want to deal with. This is a big one. It says, happy birthday to Dr. Jemima Anderson, mm. director of the Pan-African Doctoral Academy at the University of Ghana. Thank you. Yes. And this one is coming from the vice chancellor of the university herself, Professor Nanaba Apia Amfo. No, no, no. You will repeat the thing because, yeah, you know, Dr. That's a message. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it says that happy birthday yeah. to Dr. Jemima Anderson. Yeah, Dr. Anderson. Director. And they believe I'm rough. Pan-African. Brutal. Di- doctoral. Yes. Do you know how you. hard you have to work? Talent to get there. To be director no, 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 no. of our African. Doctoral <laughs> Academy. No, 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 that's a big post. University of Ghana. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I encountered her recently. Yeah. Big woman. A big woman yes. past everybody. It says, My Chidom Hima. Yes. Have a truly blessed year ahead. Thank you. Wishing you a prosperous year in uh-huh. good health. Uh-huh. Lots of love from all of us uh-huh. at the top of the hill. Oh, and lots of love for Richie Sky. Yeah, 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 Charlie. Yeah, so because Professor I'm, Anderson. Yes, 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 enjoy. Yes, yes enjoy. Bro, bro, you mean big woman. <laughs> bro, God should bless you. You should continue to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Be big with yeah. my time. They speak English, Charlie. You know, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> let me do this one for um my good friend and colleague Paul, who says happy birthday to Miracle Henrietta Adofua. Uh, may the Lord God uh, bless you this day and in the many more days, years, and decades ahead of you. Rich, rich, rich in possible heights in life. Um, let me do another one for a good friend of mine and colleague. Um, we spent uh, you know a number of years at the Ghana Institute of Management and Public Administration okay. together, and the wife is celebrating him. And it says, "Happy birthday uh, to my sweet husband, the one I have to call my own, mm. a friend and a proud father of our kids." Mr. Enoch Obingdako of the Ministry of Finance here in Accra. From your darling wife, Mrs. Mavis Akosia Akpene Obingdako and your children. God richly bless you. Charlie mm. Obingdako is just a fantastic young man. 
you know, doing impossible things at the Ministry of Finance. And, you know, he's, 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 he's the head of, you know, I think it's, you know, Echo something, something, <laughs> the whole of Echo yeah. is dealing with Echo economic something, something, Charlie. No, 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 Charlie, Charlie, Omenda, you be me, man. It'll be me, man. So the party challenge for invite me. Let me see what they have. <laughs> 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 this one says, a happy birthday to our sweetest daughter, Ashley. Ashley Marie Na Adoa Shaib from Mommy and Daddy, Arabella and Ni Dromo Shaib. This one says, please wish my husband, Chris Chega, a happy birthday from me and, uh, and our girl, Selassie Sedinam and Selikem. Yeah, this one says, Today is the birthday of my sisters from another mother, Reverend Ikeofori Boating, the director of programs at the Anglican Church, Commissioner of EC, and the host of Businessmen Voice from Albert Edubuahin, your producer. This one says, Happy birthday to Godfrey Dami Jr. of Unction Christian Montessori School at Bowie from your father, Mr. Steve Yankee, who's at the office of the Attorney General. Yeah, wait, Interesting. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> the, the man <laughs> named Kidi after the Attorney yeah, General. Yeah, he named his child after the Attorney General. We have to investigate further. Wait, it did. It is the office of the AG. No, no, no. It means it, Charlie. Some serious connection day, Charlie. feel like they celebrate the AG too much. Papa. Charlie, brutal. Today your child after the AG. Hey, be heavy too. Happy birthday, AG. And then also today is the birthday of Egbezuale from the Boys Brigade, Nyoyo Bubune Temensa Lamte Jiejom Valikem Na and Tete or Tete Awenam and Mama Aseye. This one is coming in from Dan. And uh, they are celebrating Egbezuale from mm. the Boys Brigade Challenge. See. More comments are coming in celebrating people who are marking this day as their special day. Happy birthday to our son and brother Randolph Paul Ni Lante Lante of uh, Bishop Bauer School. We wish you well and may your day be good and memorable from your dad, Richmond, Mom, Augusta and siblings reginald and rosetta this one says good morning city cbs please wish uh, happy birthday to collings caleb amahu of st peter's senior high school Nkwetia. is he in Kwetia? or is he aquetia Nkwetia. Nkwetia. and mm. okay it's in region uh signs nine students today he's 16 years old and it's coming in from his dad, engineer Selom Ambahu, and mom, Eve Tichi. And another one says that, good morning, team. Kindly help me wish the staff of uh, Creativo a happy Friday. Is that Creativo? Okay, we are uh, going Chinese today. Stay blessed and have a fruitful day, people. So yeah, those are some of the comments coming in. And uh, happy birthday to all the people celebrating their birthday today. Mm. And may the Lord God pour his blessings on you. You are special people born in May, just like my good servant, Godfred. Nathan, oh, yours is... <laughs> no, my, my best month is later in the yeah, year. Golden tree chocolate, yeah. Me try to hold it, yeah. Each and every day, me a be the 
818. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. What's on our mind this morning? Textbooks. Textbooks. You know, since yesterday, or at a point in yesterday, there were images taken from a textbook. Those images have been making the rounds. And we've had a bit of a response from official dom. We'll get into that in a bit. But before we do that though, Blue Pay is saying that you can avoid all kinds of business headaches. The headaches that say people haven't sent their monies when they come to buy from your shop. Now, Blue Pay allows you to receive cash instantly from your customers. You only dial their number and the amounts they owe and they'll receive the Blue Pay prompt on their phones to enter their PIN and then that's it, you collect the money. Get in touch with Blue Pay on 0547-220-200 or visit bluepay.com.gh to register and get Blue Pay for your business today. Blue Pay never miss a sale. Now, a public bank is saying that take part in their Tap for Eastern Beyond credit card promo. And you get to win amazing prizes, including a two-day staycation at Aqua Safari. Now, use their fantastic four credit cards to make all your payments and win big. Just tap to pay. Live the soft life we got you. Republic Bank, we are the one for you. Now, in life, you always have to insist on the best. And when you find it, stick to it. And so, Bell Pack Paper Tissue is one of the best things in life. Bell Pack has cereals that are soft but not weak, strong but not hard, just perfect. Get in touch with Bell Pack or Belacqua if you want to be a distributor. Call them on 0551-144-400. Bell Pack Tissue is another quality product from Belacqua. Um, play with the champions. Enjoy Ghana's best betting experience with the biggest odds for sports book, casino, virtuals, jackpot, and aviator. More options day for you to bet and stand a chance to win big time on Betica today. So look sharp, boss, because time no day. Dial star 263 hash to deposit and bet and withdraw with no wahala. Betica. Home of champions. And every time we eat, food and sugars are trapped in between our teeth, leading to tooth decay, gum disease, and in some cases, foul breath. Brushing your teeth every morning and night with Pepsodent Cavity, uh, Pe- Pepsodent Cavity Fighter gives your teeth mm-hmm. the protection that they need, leaving you with 10 times stronger the teeth you need to bite on that meat. Pepsodent Cavity Fighter is fortified with pro-fluoride and uh, micro-calcium ingredients, sealing tiny and invisible holes in your teeth. This prevents cavities, uh, keeps your teeth strong and mouth healthy. And then you can also uh, make sure that uh, every night you brush your teeth and when you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth as well. Now, Pepsodent is recommended by the Ghana Dental Association. There are two other highly effective variants of Pepsodent on the market. Now, Pepsodent charcoal, made with a fine blend of activated charcoal and lemon essence. Uh, Pepsodent charcoal, white, gently polishes away um, tooth stains and uh, naturally restores this, the, the breath that uh, you have in your mouth. Now, you can uh, reach them out. 
on uh, 0800 And you have to remember that if you're going to bed, please brush your teeth. And if you're waking up in the morning, you know what to do. Brush your teeth again. Let's do the city breakfast. So, like I said, textbooks are on our minds this morning. You know, textbooks it's are on my mind. Yeah, textbooks. You know when <laughs> when I saw days, yeah, when I saw the images from the textbook, uh-huh. I said, Godfrey is probably going ape by now." Not really. Uh-huh. Not really. Not really. Not really. But I'm sure it just adds. <laughs> <laughs> to the list of grievances you have because you've been very vocal about the content of the material that that's being used to teach you know children or those at the basic level and you've been talking a lot about that and i'm sure this one has added one more complaint not really like i said my i, I just think the reason why i am happy this has come about is it means that a lot more parents will now understand where I've been coming from when I say, find time to go through the textbooks. Okay. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Textbooks for basic schools, textbooks for senior high schools, even books at the university level, Mm -hmm. books for post-grad, grad grad levels, Mm -hmm. are almost always controversial. (laughs) Okay. Because... Internationally or... No, no, no. no. I'm just saying because everybody has an opinion on something. Mm-hmm. Okay, what normally brings the controversy for the basic school level is that most of the time the books are compulsory reading. Yeah. Okay, so they are an established part of what the kids have to be taught. Yes. So they are approved by mm-hmm. the education unit or the supervising uh, 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 directorate, and then the books go. Now, my concern for the past three or four years, okay, with the textbooks has been one, the quality of the language. The, I was going through one two days ago. Look, Richard Sky is the English master here. There is no way that book should have been approved. Looking at the quality of grammar in a book that is teaching English comprehension. I see. So the mechanics were off. They said, ah, you are, if you forget, you are the language specialist as well. Like, you, you are the proper Englishman. Probably the forget guy. <laughs> you. <laughs> Listen. The mechanics were The mechanics off. completely off. Fairly. I see. And one of them requires the child to rewrite. So the child is reading this and rewriting the wrong grammar. So I have a problem with that. And it's been consistent in a lot of books recently. Perhaps Naka can explain why it's becoming more of a feature now than it used to be. Okay. Because when you and I were in school, when Godfrey Odum was in school, when Richard Sky was, we had textbooks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe, I'm sure they also had their controversial elements. Perhaps we were too young to understand what was going on. But growing up and being slightly more intelligent than I was back then and be more understanding... Mm of what I was reading then, when I put the books side by side, I cannot fault the mechanics of those books. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's true. So there is that. Rarely would you find that the, the approved textbooks we used in saying, oh, they would were, you pro- find they were standard. standard. They were standard. Textbooks. Everything would be standard, right? The content could be controversial. The content we could say was not contemporary enough. Uh-huh. It was not rigorous enough. 
That's what I'm saying. We can have that conversation based on where we sit now. Market day and assessor. Yes. The second one I've had is the content. The content. Okay. Based on perhaps again a certain knowledge base I have. Now I do not expect my my position on certain things to be the standard. Everybody has a position on certain things, but there are certain established facts. Mm -hmm. There are certain lines of thought Mm -hmm. that are almost that are almost universal. Okay. And then you, see, you find a very deliberate twist from that. Excellent. Yes. Then, so the content has become problematic for me. Um, there's a lot of controversy with the history books. And I think <laughs> even this book that has caused controversy is a grade four history book. Linked to some religion. And... Yes, this is the... Yes, it talks about... Uh, I'll get to that, yeah, but I'm we'll, just saying we'll, that... We'll get to overall there's a lot happening and the last one has to do with the people who are authoring the books how does naka check the knowledge base of these individuals you see because the, the a person must have as i i read um so for instance i had fk boa mm-hmm. okay i had fk boa History. It was in secondary school. That was my standard mm-hmm, reading. Yeah. And then I realized that when you get to university, for certain historical topics as well, you'd have F.K. Boa, you'd have Dr. Pebby, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Adofenin, and all those ones. Established names. Now, I'm reading some of these textbooks written by individuals that we do not know who and you're asking yourself, where are they deriving this history from? Where are they deriving this baseline that they are building on from? Okay, what what are their backgrounds? Is Naka interested in, okay, the person mm-hmm. who we have licensed or the person who has proposed to write a history book for grade four? What is the person's background in history? You understand? What is the person's background in uh, there's, the, there's the one they call our world uh, our, our world our people so what, what is the person's background in that the person who's doing it for integrated science mm-hmm. what is the person's background in integrated science in English language what is the person's background in English language okay again I'll tell you a typical example when we were secondary school we, I think most people would have dealt with Enafali mm-hmm. yes 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 I felt the, it was the, a, co- the core English text <clears throat> yes I felt it was and even I felt it was a very difficult book to handle oh, yeah. even at secondary school oh, level yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought it was a very difficult book yeah. to handle. Even and now, for least books yeah. were really difficult, even for secondary ah, school yeah. students. The, the, the uh, government approved one. Government yes, approved. I remember that one. But the point is, everybody knew who Nafali was. Yes. You he understand? Wanted to us in school. Oh, really? Yes. In secondary yes. School, yeah. I heard actually she was like chief examiner or something. I don't know. Who she, was. she was a professor. Yes. Right. Professor Nafali. Yes. Saki or so she's the source. Everything derives from that. So I'm asking the English language book for. Maybe grades one to six. Mm-hmm. Who's the source? Who's the source. You understand? Because we have all these independent publication houses who are writing and creating content, who are doing this built based on a certain structure of the curriculum that they have been given from Ghana Education Service or from NACA. Then it goes for approval. So one, I'm, I, I really need to hear from NACA. 
on what goes into the 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 the, the, the backgrounds of these persons who are churning out the textbooks now for the publication houses and also the backgrounds of perhaps the people at NACA themselves who check the books. Okay, because as for the controversial nature of some of the content, mm-hmm. I think that if we, we, we are to be realistic with ourselves, certain textbooks might have certain purposes. But then again, like I said, it's for NACA to tell us. So for instance, this book that is under contro- that is now the center of attention mm-hmm. deals with certain controversial topics. Yeah. Was it to allow for a certain kind of critical thinking in class. Now, if that is supposed to happen, was it discussed with parents? Was the teacher aware that when I get a hold of this particular book and I get to this section, I have to teach it in a certain way? It's not just that I come and read what is there. So it it does not look like you are indoctrinating. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then you are actually saying, okay, these are false notions. Okay, let's have a conversation around it. Now, the, the difference between us adults and children is controversy tends to stick very clearly in our heads because of how mature our brains are. Mm-hmm. And so difficult conversations are really hard. But I realize that for children, those conversations are not really hard for them because they operate in a certain space that is devoid of the conflicts that we wrestle with as adults. So it's, it's actually okay to have a certain level of conversation. Because they those conversations je- later in later life. In life. Yeah. So if they are going to encounter those conversations later in life, they can as well have it there. But the most important thing is the person who is navigating them through that chapter. So I think that we, we, we seem to be getting this whole mix of the textbooks in terms of the structure, which I feel is up, like the, it's appalling at the moment. The quality is really low. And then a bit of the content as well, and the deliberate twist. I I I I I, I would not lie to you. I went through one of the history books. I brought it to the station the other day. <laughs> yes, sir. I will try and find it again. I could have read portions for you. The 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 the, the way the 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 slave trade was dealt with was strange for me. The way the independence <laughs> struggle yeah, in Ghana was dealt with was very strange yeah. for me. I remember that was the, the portion you, you yeah you, you were I, I very vocal. About. I was very. I, I you read it and you're like ah sorry, what is this? You understand? The, the, the there's a portion that deals with heroes and heroines. Mm-hmm. Some of the names. Some of the it. names there. You ask, okay, maybe they want to generate again some level of thought, but they were quite. <laughs> they were interesting. <laughs> To say the least. Or strange. <laughs> I'm just saying interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To say the least. Slightly <laughs> left field. Like this one, you noticed one before. <laughs> you know, and then sometimes they, so I'm like, what exactly are you trying to achieve with this? Okay, I'm all for testing the mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm just saying who is approving this? Who is doing this? What is the what instruction comes with the book in terms of how it is used? as a foundation of instruction in the classroom. Mm-hmm. For me, that is key. Because like I said, this book, I can take it and teach with it. The one that is being controversial. Mm-hmm, yeah. I will know how to treat this book. Okay? But I'm saying, before I treat it that way, there should be a conversation that I would have had with parents. That this book contains A, B, C, D. Because whether you like it or not, parents will have biases. So Richard Sky might not want his daughter or son 
to be taught this thing at this time. You understand? So, but the state says the child has to be taught that thing. It's in the textbook, approved by NACA. So, once the book is approved, what normally should happen is the school or NACA or whoever would engage the PTA and say, these are portions of what we are teaching this year. Now, when we get to these sections, which we understand are controversial, this is how it is. we are supposed to teach it. We are teaching it this way because we want to get this kind of response from the children. The parents can tell you yes or no. It happens globally. There are textbooks, examples, where parents have said no. They've still gotten taught anyway. Mm. But at least there is engagement. There is general engagement. Okay. But we have, at the moment, I'm just saying, that we, we, we seem to have a bit of a free reign for publication, publication. houses there okay. that you know I what? feel NACA should address. Okay, let's let's speak to Professor Edward Apia. He's Director General of, of NACA. Now, NACA is the um, National Curriculum, National Council for Curriculum and Assessment. And it is in, it falls in their mandate to, you know, regulate the space of textbooks curriculum those matters um let's speak to professor edward appear he might have some answers for us uh professor Pia, good morning and uh many thanks for joining us on the city breakfast show yeah good morning sir. thank you so so much for joining us before me is a, is a um a letter or a statement that is requesting for the withdrawal of a textbook titled history of ghana for basic schools learners book four I'm sure you followed the controversy and all of that. Uh, first question, can you just run us through the procedure, what NACA does in terms of approving textbooks? Where does it start? Where does it end? Um, so at least we can lay the ground and we build our conversation from there. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. And uh, apologies, uh, your producer has been struggling to reach me. I'm, I'm coming from... <laughs> The Western North Sea has to add a point. The line will, will go off. The okay, will no problem. We'll, we'll make the best of, of, of what we have now. So, my apologies. I'm trying to see if we can even pass so that it will, now that we've got a very good network, we can work on it. Okay. So, if I, the issue on approval. Yes, yes. We just want to find out what yes, yes, what yes, the process is. Where does it, how does it go? Yeah, it starts from where or when somebody expresses the desire or the interest in making sure that his book will be taken as one of our CLM, that is the teaching learning material. Of course our mandate is to assess one of our mandates is to assess all CLM that are being used in the pre tertiary education. And so if somebody expressed a desire to assess his or her item, you bring it and NACA and panel a team of assessors, three, depending on the nature of the book, two and three. But for textbook, it's basically three. And we have our set rules, we have our <clears throat> assessment rubrics for which Every assessor will have to go through, and every document will have to go through technical content uh, level to be sure that, and it's also matching with the curriculum that we are running. And after the assessment, these three reports will come, 
And then my uh, technical team will also go through the report and match it with the book. If some of the reports uh, we don't agree, we will ask the assessor to take another look at the assessment. But by and large, we put all the things together and then we give we make a recommendation. Some of the <clears throat> assessments or the assessors might make recommendations. We'll call the publisher, we'll issue those documents, asking the publisher or whoever the writer, go and do the recommended areas and bring it back for verification. After the verification, if we are <clears throat> comfortable and we are certain that everything is correct, we'll give you a letter asking it to go and then publish or produce. And then you bring us the copy of the final product. Then we announce the that yes, it's ready for the market. So oh. these are the processes. Okay, wonderful. So it presupposes that you are very thorough in your checks and you make sure that whatever it is that is printed is wholesome for the consumption of, you know, the, the children. So I just want to ask, in this particular case, that you've written a letter asking for this textbook to be redrawn. What happened? Did it go past you? Did you miss it? Was it in the initial draft and it was sneaked in? I just want to find out how this may have happened. Okay. Uh, from where I sit, I will not be uh, confident in myself to say that this is our thought. But these are presumptions that we are just putting in place. Okay. Indeed, in the last year or so, all the uh, approval letters given out, we make it clear that if along the line we detect any item, any area, any portion which <clears throat> does not meet our specifications, we will withdraw, we will call for withdrawal of the book. Now, we've made this so because in times past, we detected that somehow printers, publishers, before they come in, let me say that this, is, this book was. Uh, one of the earlier books that were approved in 2019. Okay, it was approved in Literally, 2019. Yes. Okay. We, we started the standard-based curriculum. And so these were the earlier. Now, along, what we realized was that, you know, some publishers will come uh, with a book to be assessed. But prior to that, they have, might have even printed some, some copies of it. And then they will go through the assessment, coping or thinking, depending on the, the, their confidence level of their, their writer, thinking that everything will be well. And so it, it goes through the assessment and we detect, we ask it to go and then correct them. So we realize that somehow some of them, instead of disposing the earlier ones, might not dispose all. If it's possible, we remember there was one situation where the publisher was saying that uh, it didn't come from his house. Maybe the printed uh, people from the printing house were the ones that were selling them. Mm. It's neither here nor there. So we <clears throat> have made sure that we take all the copies and we take the final copies, but we issue the approval letter and then we indicate that if we take anything, we will hesitate to recall them. And in this instance, like I said, I will not be able to put my finger on if we expect the publisher to come with all the copies along the stages that we assess, and then we can take it from there. Mm. Prof, I just want to find out, does NACA check 
the quality and standing of the writers of these textbooks? Do you, you know, weigh them to see that this person is maybe academically fit, has the right resource, has the right knowledge to produce a textbook for uh, the use at, at the basic level? Okay. In the last, in the last year, or one and a half years, we've tried, we've refused so many, we've reviewed our assessment activities and we have made amendments to many of our checklists. Now, one of the things that even we are promoting is that we are even discouraging uh, material that has been supported by less than four people. But the last meeting, the board, we put, we made a request that the board should give us an approval notary. I approved any book which is supported by less than four people. Well, there were issues, but the board, there were so many amendments. What it means is that we now have a situation where if a book is being brought, we want to see, apart from the authors, and of course, as for so authorship, we have cancelled. We don't even want to look at so authorship. Okay. So it, it can be three, it can be two, but we also go ahead to find out. You want to give us the contributors. We expect that if the book is <clears throat> written or is done, you will also have to give it to other contributors. They could be academicians or whoever who have knowledge in the document that you are producing. And we will also seek their reports in. And these are the things that we put in to be sure. We can't we can't vouch for the uh, authenticity or the credibility of the author. But our our rubric, our checklist, if they are not credible, it will take you off. But I mean, if, if you say you can't vouch for the credibility of the authors, isn't that um, a bit problematic? Because if you cannot, if you don't know where this person is coming from, or they are standing academically, or their knowledge base, and yet they will still get approval for a book to be published for children to use, don't you think that's a bit of an issue? Oh, uh, my brother, <laughs> the, the, the rubric should to determine if the person is of that caliber. Okay. I will not be able to tell you where have you written because of course publishers will normally contact writers. And you can even contact university lecturer or seasoned authors to write for them and they are just publishers. They even buy them from publishers. There are people who write their main it is to write the books and then they sell them to publishers. So if the publisher comes and the publisher can be anybody, as long as you can establish a publishing house based upon the registered general criteria to establish. No, you can establish. But like I said, our rubrics and our checklist to indicate who is writing and the level and all those things. And those are the things okay. that Okay. So 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 which means that your rubric and your checklist is essentially they are your fail safe. That's how you used to filter or that's what you used to filter out who is fit and who's not fit to write a textbook. Exactly. So let me tell you, somebody brought a book, I think about six months ago. Some a publisher brought a book and then uh, uh, he said oh he was really I saw the book. I didn't even uh, send it to my uh, directors. I look at the book and I said, no, this book, I don't think this book is well, he was challenging me, and then 
why 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 did you why did you feel that book did not meet the standard okay i mean can you guess can you guess give it can you tell us some of the things you found in the book that you felt were off from the beginning and so this book just cannot pass so for example if you tell me that this is a textbook i don't expect to see more of questions and answers questions and answers is not a textbook okay so you tell me it's, it's a revision book that i can take it but even if it's a revision book i expect that you have to go through an exercise to a particular level before you start introducing your questions and answers i see and uh, yeah these are things that i mean if you are in the publishing industry in your book industry you should be able to know and Clearly, material and of course I can. If you tell me, let me tell you. Last year, a gentleman, uh, I was a gentleman sent me a book that the book uh, he sent it for review and it's taking about eight months and the book is delaying. It. And I looked at the book and at that time I just come on the scene and then I said, "What? What? It was it was book for early. They said early learning. Early okay." Day. Then I said, okay, talk to me. Who are you referring to as early readers? And he says, early readers, I mean, KG. And I said, who says KG person is the only person with an early reader? Somebody can be 30 years and he's now, he now wants to put, or he now wants to read. He's also an early reader. And of course, I engaged in so many things, then he realized that he had to go back and do more work on the, the document before it sent it. So sometimes immediately you see the book or you see the document, you should be able to put that. Okay. Yeah, this is not credible enough. Mm. Or the level is not even up the person is saying you have to change. Okay. Granted, Prof. So w- what is NACA doing about unapproved textbooks? Clearly you've set up you know, your office, you are looking into textbooks. I'm sure there are a few that go past you. What are you doing to get them off the market, get them out of the classrooms because they are. We have we have me, we have messages to the extent that some people see some of these textbooks and clearly you wonder how they pass the test. So, what is NACA doing about unapproved textbooks and getting rid of them from the system? Right now, where I'm coming from, I went for a monitoring with the National Schools and Inspectorate. They are the body mandated also regulate the schools compliance and monitor activities in the school, the teachers, uh, the way they are been, <clears throat> uh, teaching and trying to make sure that they have a very conducive atmosphere as far as teaching and learning is concerned. For us, our mandate is to approve textbooks for the pre-tertiary. Now, what it means is that if the book has to go into the classroom, it should be a book that has been approved. Okay. We are now looking at an LI or trying to amend <clears throat> an LI that even allows us to go beyond this classroom. Because you see, if somebody decides that for me, I'm just a bookseller, I publish books, I sell them, I don't want, I don't say take it to the classroom. The child can go and buy it, read it in his or her home. We still have to be sure that it is a credible book. But our mandate does not go there. Mm. Somebody, you go to somebody's shop, and the book is he has displayed certain books. 
And he said, well, I'm not selling to any, I'm not selling to any school. I'm just selling it for people to just read. Amanda should be able to capture that the book is credible. But Amanda does not go there. There are private schools, mostly private schools, who think that, well, for them, they are, they want to make their money. They can buy any book. So they just go and then they see a publisher and the publisher advertises a book and they look at it and say, good, they buy it. And they, they use it in the public and they are private schools. Mm. So, and thankfully now, the mandate is for Nasia also to do those things. Okay. But for government schools, we can go in, we can even sanction a teacher or a head teacher or a headmaster who is using a particular book which is not approved in his or her school. That way we can sanction that person. I see. So I... these are the dynamics. Okay. These are the dynamics. Somebody, somebody mm. might even come from outside. He can come and donate a book to a library. Our mandate should be able to assess the book and evaluate the book and see whether the book is fit for classroom. And so these are the things that we are trying to make sure that we have an ally that some of these things. Okay. Prof, thank you so, so much for your time. That was Professor Edward Apia, Director General of NACA. Now, NACA is the body that's mandated to look at curriculum. It's the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. Uh, your messages are coming in on 0549-986-996. Yeah, so Professor Rodapia is giving us some answers. Um, I'd like to hear Sky's thoughts. Yes, <laughs> some answers on this. The, the final bit of the conversation was the one that struck me. He said that, well, they need more legal strength. or to, They need the laws to expand their remit so they can even check what people are vending, mm -hmm. check what people donate, you know, and check what people are using in their schools especially through the channels that don't concern them you know so if, if they've not approved the book and it's donated or somebody selling textbooks they don't have the power to do anything effectively that's what he's saying but on this matter well on this matter like i said they've written a letter or a statement saying that that said book should be redrawn you know and they'll, they'll have to review the book and, and and see what the way forward is well, you see, I, I have some difficulties with what seems to be a cavalier attitude towards the, the protection of the space within which our children are prepared for the future. Um, the reason being that, look, we are building a nation and therefore we should be deliberate in how we we educate, we conscientize tomorrow's future leaders mm -hmm. or the future leaders that we have. Um, listening to the professor, and I hold him in high regard, uh, except that I have some reservations about what is this, uh, except that subsequently we saw a problem with it. So we are taking steps to address that. And it would seem that this is what happens. And I don't think that that's, that's the approach that we should use. Before a material reaches the classroom for purposes of teaching our children, I think a rigorous job 
has got to be done to be sure that this is what we want to have in the classroom. Mm -hmm. This is what this is the person we want to have writing it. This is what we want to communicate and impact on our children. And we expect a certain result. Of course, there'll be arguments about yes, um, there is freedom of expression, and that people who write are entitled to that which they put on paper. Yeah, but when it comes to education, exactly. Of children. But when you are educating the people of this country, the people who will be the face of Ghana tomorrow, I think we have got to be deliberate and rigorous about it. So if it is not the quality of material that should be in the classroom in the first place, I have a legitimate expectation that the NACA should not allow it to go. And the same message must go across to those uh, schools that are in the business of receiving uh, materials that are donated. Even if the material is donated, it should meet a certain standard. So that if you say you want to come and support Adafianu LA Primary School with um, you know, some materials from a certain jurisdiction, I think some work has got to be done to ensure that what is contained in that literature aligns with that which we want to impact on the people of, 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 of Adafianu and, and, and Ghana generally. But to assume that, oh, it is a donation and therefore, perhaps, or maybe I, I do not com completely comprehend what you... No, uh, he, he, so he was saying that's why they need some more legal wiggle room to deal with those things. As things stand, per mm -hmm. his own explanation, things like that fall outside the remit. Well, I mean, I'm all for tightening yes, whatever so lacuna there may be in how they, they approach problems like this. That should be the work that the education committee should be looking at because this is not the first time that we we have had cause to discuss a matter like this. I mean, in the not too distant past, there were issues about tribal bigotry and all kinds of things that we had seen in literature that we are using to educate our children. These things got onto the market. Parents who perhaps um, did not know any better bought them for their kids without actually knowing the harm that they they they, they are inflicting on their their children as a result of that but like i'm saying yes let's create the space for ensuring proper regulation of what gets into the classroom of course if you are in your house and you believe that your child should be reading a material that whatever that one is your within your house but within the public space i think we have got to be deliberate and then also i think look in parliament the question is why do we wait for these things i mean this matter this is not the first time it's happening we've had several uh -huh. examples and let's just not just start talking of oh, politics that oh uh, these people are responsible and those people are responsible you are part of the organogram of how governance is supposed to be done in Ghana. And therefore, we have legitimate expectations like that when these things come up, you will summon the appropriate people involved. 
and raise critical questions so that if there is a gap in how licensing is done i don't know whether they are doing licensing in the space or how people are permitted to write for our children you plug those loopholes it is only when you hear them and you take diverse opinions so godfrey is within the space he's made brilliant submission this mm. morning on what should happen it should be possible for the education committee to uh, you know invite him during a public hearing to make a submission as to how we can sanitize the space there are distinguished professors around mm -hmm. the country who are doing fantastic things in our universities we just celebrated one of them within you know the academia invite them and let us hear what their contributions will be to ensuring that we sanitize the space but it is as if we only care about things that are partisan but not the future of the kids of this country and the future of the republic i think we have got to do better mm. and i'm highly disappointed that we have gone full circle and we are back to the same point that regulation or we are not doing well to deal with this space papa sam is in the studio perhaps we should be here for <laughs> i want to read some messages before yes, yes, papa sam yes, comes yeah, and yeah. then i will he can give us benediction <laughs> you let me read a couple of messages um this one says hi nathan i work for a publishing firm in ghana and i can tell you while we that's my publishing firm were trooping in and out of naka for assessments and approval other publishing houses carelessly print unapproved books into the market for consumption while NACA looks on unconcerned. Amma is not very happy with NACA. She wants it dissolved. We're not, we should not dissolve it. We should strengthen it. Simon says, uh, please ask him about the issue of lobbying and influencing to get books approved. Uh, a lot of people are unhappy with NACA. He says, NACA team must be sacked. You can't work like this with the education of our kids when the president is going through so much regarding free senior high school. You put out, you withdraw, you put out, you withdraw. How can I say you can't vouch for the authors? What is that? Okay, he said, this one says they expect better. Yeah, expect this is basic level education, the most important part of our education. So what are we doing? She's very, very... If I, if I can't even type straight, she's very, very <laughs> upset. Uh, guys, listen to uh, the gentleman's guilt. Uh, Naka takes bribes from... He's alleging that Naka takes bribes from the public publishing houses and approve their books. Um, you know, it's the same corruption. Good morning, Nathan. Education in Ghana has just become something else. Now, it's all about the end results for cheap political points and not proper education of the children. Uh, where in the world do you hear of central governments buying past questions for students? Okay, uh, CTCBS, I'm related. This topic has been discussed this morning. Um, there's a bit of revelation with the authorship of books and the content there, and that must be looked at critically in, by the education it's system. Okay, this one yeah, says that there are unscrupulous secret societies that seek to indoctrinate the unsuspecting public, carry out their agenda through freebie conscious individuals who are either qualified writers or four by four writers. Yakubu Ibn Chambas with that one. We'll take more messages. Mm -hmm. uh, you can send us more messages on 0549 yes. 986. 996. Uh, this one says, Good morning, Nathan. I'm a teacher, and for this excellent series, we've complained about their content a lot. Some of what they have in their textbooks does not follow the curriculum. They should pick all their books and have a thorough look at mm. them. Qu quick points listening to um, Professor Appiah. Professor, Professor Edward, Edward Appiah. Appiah yes. um, you know, on the road doing inspection for NACA. Look. I wanted to ask a question, but, you know, something came up. We have a new 
curriculum that has is about two or three years old, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. We had issues about whether the textbooks for that were ready. Because, you know, when I was talking earlier on, I made the assumption about the fact that there were established textbooks. Everything else would be outside that. So, for instance, I could be reading this excellence book, but it would be because it's in town my mother has bought it for me. Or my mother went to excellence bookshop and bought it. But within the the four walls of St. Martin de Porres, that book won't enter. You can't. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because the authorities have certified that book A, book B, book C are the only ones that should be available because they would have verified all the things. We check the writers, we check the content, we check the structure and all those things. Look, there is a big problem then, Professor Api, I'm sorry to tell you, with how supervision is happening. It might not be him, but whoever is supposed to do their job, the supervision is inadequate. They need to tighten it up. The second point of, oh, the publishing houses have their writers and we have a checklist. So, that's what, which is what I was asking. What, what, what goes into who makes it onto that checklist? Do we add and remove? You understand? Do you get a mark against you? So, the, public, the people who wrote the book for excellence, mm-hmm. add, do, have they passed the, the, the checklist there? Do you mean the, the, the writers? Yes, the, the writers. Book? You get me? Because either way, NACA is slacking. That is the most important thing. This is not a matter of the Ministry of Education. Or, no, there no, is no, a no. government agency that is supposed to do a certain job. Obviously, from what we have seen on the textbook front, or I have seen yeah. the past three or four years, since I started going through textbooks religiously, I don't know what happened and I started going to... I got a daughter. That's what happened. I, That's what I started paying attention to textbooks religiously. NACA is slacking. They need to tighten. They shouldn't... Look, forget GES, forget something, something. Your job is to supervise what the kids get to read. What is used as teaching material in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Obviously, something is wrong. Because all kinds of material... And if we decided to go through some of it, look... The difficulty also for them is, I think there is a difficulty in stepping into this age that we live in. Okay. okay. Why and how? No, because if you look at some of the textbooks, there are stereotypes in there. <laughs> the profile in some of the textbooks. There's a, there's a very... I, I do not know of a textbook that deliberately sets out ethnic bias. These are all indicators that you should be checking. You see, most of the time, what we are concerned about is sex and gender. But there, but, are, there, but are, there are other there are issues. Wild matters. Yes, there are. There are other. We, we tend to just consider sex and gender as the big issues. Yes, there can be big issues for our society, but there are other big issues as well. And most of these issues are finding their ways into the textbooks, and they are not being handled by people who are skilled enough to deal with it with nuance. Which is why I go back again to that checklist of writers that they have. Mm-hmm. When Samens was is talking about his time at uh, the, the Indian guys who were teaching, and you know, you were mentioning some books back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? <laughs> That's true. Bostock and Chandler yeah. and all those. Uh-huh. Uh, we, why do you think everybody... I don't think Akiola was approved, approved back then. 
yeah. you know, I don't know. Or the standard accounting books, Frank Wood. Frank Wood. You see? <laughs> so, as yeah, Frank Wood. Uh, yeah. British. The uh, uh, Frank Wood. All business. Has there been Frank any controversy Wood. with it? You understand? Because everybody knows that this is what we have gone through. We verified this is the name that is attached to it. Tomorrow, Francisco C. Mensah is writing a book. Samalata Mensah is writing a book. Godfrey Akoto is writing a book. Nathan Kwao is writing a book. Yes, we might be smart, but are we smart enough to write educational material for children at that level that meets international requirements? It's a skill. Now, it also takes a certain skill for somebody to sit down and say, this is certified for children to read. Mm -hmm. This is certified to test the children's mind in this way. Then there is also the matter of, are the teachers equipped to deal with this kind of material for the children? Because you might have a great textbook. If the teacher doesn't know what to do with the textbook, the child is just reading. The child is not learning. Okay, so we Naka has a big job, Professor Apia, uh, Professor Edward. The job is big, you know, and uh, it's it's not going well. You have time on your hands. The job is they, not going they, well. They Honestly, the job is not going well. Education is so important for me because we seem to have done free SHS, free SHS, free SHS, and we've killed basic education in this country. Like, basic education is comp- almost non-existent in the minds of political thinkers in this town. All they think about is free SHS. Basic education is dead. Yep. If you go to the schools, yeah, he says it all the time. The yeah, data is there to show. You, then the books too has become ohala. They should fix it, Snaka. This thing you are yeah. doing. Can they time. take um, a leave out of the, the the books of the FDA? I mean, they have an intelligence unit which is almost always on the market, um, checking what's happening on the market, which I food think, products are see, on the market. I think Naka's problem was mm. highlighted by Professor P.I., the third part or the final bit of his submission. Mm-hmm. So he said effectively what he was saying was that Naka as has been set up now does not have one the remit to the muscle to do this. Right, a That's why they the want an ally. So he, said, yes, he said that he said, for example, he said they need an ally to, to help them one even check. I asked him about unapproved books, yes. unapproved textbooks. He says, for example, they don't have the power to go, for example, into bookshops to check whether people are selling the right things. Yes. Because they don't have that power. It's going on their blind side, no, at least. We are that's talking about saying. textbooks. Yeah, there's that's a reason I mean. why... Look, right. this book, when I was in Premier College, that, there's a reason why you could only find F.K. Boa in the library. And only <laughs> F.K. Boa. Anything else that is not on the reading list mm-hmm. is not finding its way mm-hmm. into, into the, the book, book, into the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if, Simple. If, if there is regulation, which I was talking about, the parliament people deal with it. But you see, write a memo to the GES and copy the ministry responsible for what education, education. and let them trigger the process what are the things well, sky i listened to him carefully yes, mm. professor. i actually got lost when he got to that point about okay. the ally yeah i was lost i mean if if yeah. i write my my if like storybook book and i go and, sell and it. i go and sell it what, what business do you have to exactly <laughs> you don't have any business we are talking about text materials yes. okay now, I see the problem here with the structure of NACA. Okay. They may be the, if you like, the regulator that will approve. But it doesn't mean that they, they, they harbor every knowledge within that space of approving mm-hmm. text materials. That's why in other countries, 
the organization that determines the curriculum plays a role okay beyond that there is the subject matter experts okay so there's a pool of subject matter experts exactly so that is the, the second stage okay now they are independent of this first body what does that mean meaning that you naka may have given the green light at your first encounter with the book mm-hmm. But the subject matter expert okay. may disqualify, meaning that the submission of the material will go through a series of stages, a number of stages before the final approval. Now, if we go ahead and just uh, um, give this approval thing to one institution as we see now, these are the things that we are going to see. Mm-hmm. People will do all sorts of things, influence, and then I've met people randomly in the publishing space. Yeah, who would tell me that? Oh, I have a book that I have sent to uh, for approval, and the man who's talking to me, his English language is no good. <laughs> and in my mind, but you you speak this kind of English, and you want to write textbook for basic school in Ghana, and he's very confident that they will go and approve it. I don't know whether you know it ever gets approved, but I'm saying that let's break it in different stages, which are not connected in terms of the the independence of the institutions. So, if you pass stage one with one organization, mm-hmm. it has to move to stage two. Stage two's organization is not connected to stage one, so that by the time you pass through all the stages, then we can say that your book is is proper, is consistent with the it's curriculum. Is fit for purpose. Subject matter experts have validated it, and mm. then we can determine that culturally, it is also consistent with our values as a country. So that every stage, you know, not until we break it down to these stages, we'll go around, change uh, the staff there, go to <laughs> parliament, wherever it will still be the same problem. Hmm. Let's go through some of the some of the messages that are Yeah, have, more messages have more come messages. through. Let me say, uh, I like this from by Jack from Ho. It says the content at hand is not new. It's in social studies of the old JHS curriculum under the topic of superstition. Imagine if the heading was disadvantages of Islam or ATR, but because it's about Christianity, people are shying away. This is history, but this topic is not in RME. Check the new curriculum and see if the writers were wrong. This naka is not serious. Um, good morning, CTCBS. Please, I uh, I fear to say that you people are just worrying yourself. Many of the children of the police makers are not even studying on this curriculum. So why would they care? Uh, good morning, Nathan. I am a teacher of English, and truth be told, most of the textbooks are substandard. If you try to interrogate it, owners of the school will not support you. The teacher, Ajitisoa, from La. Mm. Good morning, Godfred. Since education started in this country, have you ever heard of such confusion regarding textbooks in Ghana? The question is, what has gone wrong? We've had several reforms in this country, but never have we seen this kind of mix-up. Too many agencies in the education space whose roles are not properly defined. This is too bad. And that's the definition of, of the, the problem. problem yes. Mm. <laughs> Everybody wakes up and he sets up something and they are in charge of something. And the thing has become bizarre. Yeah, man. With all, I mean, look, you have the English department. The English uh, uh, is it department of university of yeah, Ghana? Yeah, the English 
University of Cape Coast. All Kenya, these, all Kenya, these other people. Put the professors we together in the room. We can't put them together. What are we talking about? We can't put them together. Oh. Say something. He said that when they bring the book, the authors, the, there should be four authors per book before. We no, he said, he said like, one what, person can't write, what, what, so they need contributors. What does that mean, Sky? <laughs> the general for me, sometimes I'm just saying the, the, the general pool of contributors they have the qualities low. But the point is, the first element of quality control mm -hmm. in educational content is it the more the better? In terms of the more no, authors, no, no. the better. <laughs> what you need is quality. I mean, if you write your script and we put our script together, the quality check has no recognition for the number of people who contributed. Uh, uh, perhaps he wanted to talk about peer review of the materials that are produced. So no, that, no. no he, he mentioned contributors. So he said yes. one person can't put a book together. Yes. So so you, somebody will say, oh, I want this textbook. Now you go to different... So like Samens is saying, so this person would effectively, technically, would have gone to different quote-unquote experts mm -hmm. to piece this together. I mean, granted... Mm -hmm. Even at the global stage, it's done. It's done. Yes. Okay, but I'm just saying that the fact that is a sole authorship should not be a basis for disqualification, or just on the on the basis that it was authored by one person. No, that, that that's not enough. You should have yes, your quality but, but standards. You also be peer review of the materials. But, but peer review mm. is not uh, uh, authorship. Co-authorship is not a requirement for peer review. Yeah, that's also mm -hmm. true. You understand? So that, should be the fact that I'm reviewing doesn't make me a co-author. Mm -hmm. It's all the point I'm making. Mm -hmm. That if they can, they can fine-tune the elements of quality control and break the various stages down so that it doesn't, it doesn't rest on one institution to be all from beginning to end. This way, when they make a mistake, the whole country suffers. And this is what we are seeing. Because I'm saying that we are even underutilizing our universities. We are underutilizing our universities. And then me, the, the, the cynical part of me, you know, also <laughs> know that there's a lot of money being made. Look, oh, yeah. at every grade, you are buying like 12 or 13 of these books. Oh, yes. Look, they're, they're, if <laughs> every one, and the, every grade, 12 or 13 of these ones. Charlie, there's money to be made. But if the material is hopeless and useless, I mean, it shouldn't be on the market. Well, I mean, that's... that's, that's, because, that's I mean, they put, but they pose a danger to the kids. And but Sky, who yeah. determines whether it's useless? That's the question. So they have to do a bit the, more. The, okay, uh, and we are, we, are, we are talking about a, a text material that has been approved by NACA. Yes. Okay, and, and they do admit, say, they do admit that, yeah, Charlie. Let's do a city break for sure. Now, Standard Water, Standard Water says 25 years of experience is what they have. They've been providing quality water for all of us. They are in 11 regions, they are expanding to cover more. 
and they've got different types of products sachet water bottled water dispenser mounted jar water and customized water for your parties and special occasions call standard water on 0202055703 or 0547334385 this advert is fda approved but 365 is now officially live in ghana so if you love your sports what better way to get a piece of the action than joining Visit bet365.com and join for over 18s only. T's and C's apply. Please gamble responsibly. Now, if you are thinking about your project that you need to get off the ground, if you are thinking about rent and school fees, talk to First Atlantic Bank. If you're a government worker whose salary is paid by the controller and accountant general's department, First Atlantic Bank's payroll loan is for you. You get up to 150,000 CDs. For all your pressing needs, you can visit any First Atlantic bank branch near you or dial star 442 star 30 hash and enjoy the lowest rates first atlantic bank refreshingly different we'll take a very quick break when we come back we've got more your messages are coming through we'll go through a lot more of them and we'll continue our conversations we'll be right back don't go anywhere this is the city breakfast show the city's biggest conversation Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. How can we work it out when good and evil be 
924. Welcome back. This is still the City Breakfast Show. More of your messages are welcome on 0549-986-996. So this one, yeah, we've been talking, of course, we are still talking about NACA and textbooks. Somebody will ask, how did this come about? Well, yesterday, pictures of uh, a, a page of a particular textbook uh, surfaced and it's been making the rounds. Very, very strange things being said in some of these um, textbooks and so that's what got naka to to speak now yesterday they even put out a statement or they wrote a letter sorry yes so they 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 wrote to the management of excellence publications asking that they withdraw that particular textbook history for ghana history of ghana for basic schools learners book four okay now in the said letter naka says that the book should be redrawn because the material in it has come to them as a surprise because they say the content as published is different from the one approved by naka so after it was published who went to check as for that one but now you see that's what we are saying the quality control should be done to the very end if i ask you to go and review your document naka should produce a copy of what they approved yeah, because so I, that we all see that yes, they didn't approve this, this one. Yeah, I mean, because ideally, when the printing is going on, your agents should go there, dip check their hands into pull one random, and, yeah, not random, and look at it. I mean, that's what you do to ensure that you are controlling what is reaching mm. the market consistent with what you have approved. I see. So what this suggests is that they are approving things they themselves they haven't read. <laughs> Hey. If what you approved is different, what you do is to showcase exactly what you, what approved, you approved and also de- be able to explain the differences between what you approved mm-hmm. and what they have done. You don't just write a letter and say, you, you, let's see it. When we see it, then we can go after the people. <laughs> because the people too can argue and say, ah, well, this is what... We've printed what we are, we are not thorough and deliberate yeah. about things like this. That, that's, that's because you know, proper. I think we need a proper report from them on this matter. Yeah, on what they approve. Yeah, yeah like what I, is actually, out in because the no, I respect the props, so that's why I've been. You let's do something. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look, because you see, I, I, all of this. Let's. I, I think you know. So yeah, somebody says, oh, like he said. Oh, I want to write a textbook. We check. Okay, go and print. I feel they need to be heavily invested in that process because he admitted that things can go. And this is an example of something that has gone wrong. I'm putting a chapter. You know, two new chapters. Look, approval of texts for education is serious business. Yes. So be involved from minute one it's to last. Serious business, and that's why, at certain level of our education, you notice that the same authors pop up all the time in text materials Mm -hmm. okay who has studied marketing at the university level and has not heard the name uh, 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 philip cotter you you understand this you you you, the name keeps popping up here philip cotter a lot of time we used to Mm -hmm. even refer to courses by by the names of the the textbook textbook. You know, because they, they, they have they have proven that they know their stuff. But when we turn 
this into a, a business thing that somebody say it's a business sitting somewhere who's not getting a job just write something and pushes 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 and they say go and give testimony in church that our magic book no we are debasing the whole function and I think that the government at the top level should open their eyes on this NACA issue no, I, seriously, I'm just saying, and you know, for the parents at home, I, I, I have said this once again, once before. They need know, to be pay attention pay, to the textbooks. Be more Look, for those who have the ability to read and write, just take the book. Every once in a while, when you have ten minutes, just take any of the textbooks and flip through but it. Trust me, you see the problem. The other side of what you are saying is, not every parent is as educated as yourself. Yes, I'm, I'm saying that's what I'm Read and write, yes. small. But that's why Naka. Not, that's why Naka exists. That's why you are there. Yes. Because to filter it out I've from their parents off. speaking English with their children. <laughs> and, and I'm they... asking, why do you do this to yourself? Because leave your child to develop their own language skills within the school environment. You, you haven't gone to any proper school. You are buying shots to your own child. On our behalf. On our behalf. <laughs> <laughs> your own son, who is in JHS uh, one, you you haven't even entered JHS before. You are foisting your own kind of English on the child. So there are parents who themselves are not, you know, they don't have the advantage of the, uh, you know, uh, formal education. So if if Naka gets it wrong. It runs through the whole system. What we forget is that literature is food for the mind. Mm-hmm. It develops the mind. Yeah. Just as the food you eat in your body it develops your body. Exactly. So <clears throat> that should be the attitude. You don't go just eating anywhere. So let us not give just anything to the kids to read. When they grow up, they can tell what they want to read and what, what they, they don't, don't want, want to read. read but for now uh, look the guys should do better Kofiasari sends me a message actually ah. he says when you rush to introduce a new curriculum for legacy reasons and are pressured to the film rollout planning you are likely to approve junk like this but as usual no one will be held responsible well I, this time somebody, somebody should be held responsible the books are there everybody can see it parents are seeing the books you know Naka has seen the books. Mm. We'll see what comes next. A couple more messages from the University, University of Education, Winnipeg. Uh-huh. Like we are searching for a VC. Yes, new VC. <laughs> I do not see the role of educational technologists in this whole Naka business. Kofi is uh, saying this. I think that's what some comments was alluding to earlier. We need some proper quality people to look at some of these things. Uh, it's simply because of corruption. They won't approve the books unless you pay. It's a procurement thing. Well, that allegation keeps running through a lot of the messages mm-hmm. we have seen today. Good morning, CBS. I'm so happy about your discussion on education. I'm, however, not happy about the general mistakes a lot of Ghanaians make, including very educated people, in pronouncing bath and base uh, and route for riot. You know, uh, Adolf Newgbawe. Good morning, Adolf. He's not happy this morning. Other things. Yofi from Jolu. Okay. Yes, so you, I think, I think you, you copied Kofi. Yes, <laughs> talking about message. So the same, the same. It's the same. A new message. curriculum yes. in haste. 
that has come out. Yeah, hopefully we get some improvements in that. Let me. You see, again, my my view on that one is: you can have a new curriculum in haste. You you actually can based on new realities in the system. Based on new technological changes. Today we woke, we just wake up to AI. Yeah. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because we have woken up to AI, we need to, we, respond. We need to respond with speed. But what we are saying is that we haven't been thorough enough and detailed enough mm-hmm. in, in, in executing this mandate. So there may be reasons to be in haste. No, no two ways about that. But we need to be thorough. We need to be thorough. Because we, do, we actually do have the institutions... As somebody just said, they call them educational technologies. I, I, I'm hearing for the first time. Yeah, that's... You know, but in the UK, the issue of subject matter experts, it's a big deal. Okay? For instance, let there be a, 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 a derailment somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay? Within minutes, the... After talking to the, the maybe the real company, uh, talking to the, the the passengers, the next you see is that they go to uh, South Bank University to speak to to speak uh, because they have experts in real transport there who will give you all the angles. In Ghana, what are we doing to ourselves? If the expert, so-called expert, doesn't is not your tribesman. It doesn't belong yeah. to ethnic group. There's not the same political party with you. Then the person is disqualified. In the process of doing that, this is what we have on our hands. All kinds of strange materials. It's terrible. Being being used in classrooms to educate little ones. You see, um, I, I've I've gone onto their their website. They they have a very nice website. I think what one thing that we should also take on board is that they should use their website to engage with the public on what they are proving and what they are not approving. You know, just like... They, they should engage the public. In the UK, yeah. no book, no book <laughs> will be approved without going through their website. In fact, they publish every yes, book on the website, the website and give options yes. for schools to choose even even after the approval, they don't insist that you use it, mm-hmm. so that in each category you still have a range a, of you have a range, range of choices. That's what they do, and if we want to grow, we should look at best practices. Yeah, yeah. and then follow. And all I can say, I'm not an expert in this, but what I know is that that we can't make any progress if we underutilize the subject matter experts from our tertiary institutions, our training institutions, and mm-hmm. people with relevant experiences. If we, don't, if we don't devise better ways of harnessing what they bring to the table, then we are in trouble. Mm. All right, um, let's, let's go through a few of those, uh, of, of the messages. Okay, this one says, Nathan, I'm a proprietor of a school. It, technically, it is impossible for NACA to be involved in the printing. These authors go to different places all over India and China to print at cheaper prices. NACA must do random checks on printed books on the market like FDA does and recall or cancel books mm-hmm. with contents that are contrary to what they approved. I'm Alfred. Uh, just, just a quick comment on this. The point is that 
these things they come through the the ports right mm -hmm. so someone should be sitting at the thermal port mm -hmm. but the standards authority yeah that's right yes. so you look at the so, so, which means, so, so, so it will then require a lot of cross and a collaboration with other yes, yes other entities yeah you need to do that if if that collaboration has to happen national mm -hmm. security they have to look at it yes you have gone to china to print it but you don't fly it in without anybody yeah. seeing it someone must collect the book look at so, it so and like, sure like you're saying so naka standards authority they they need to collaborate a lot more well, yeah. i'm actually getting more education on this mm -hmm. so you know the point samens was raising about naka should be able to produce that section the bit that they the are versus this so one. apparently there are four stages to this and there's a part where there is a content assessment panel yes I think now if there are errors in it they would write a letter to you the publication house that we have found a b c and d mm -hmm. go and fix it mm -hmm. yes i think okay so yes so, like Samens is saying, there should what they should be able to do is easily produce the document that, that was says, written oh, yeah. that they sent to them that said, on this day, we've told you that this is what was there. Because at different Unless, of course, what they've put out is that one. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You understand? So, the, the, there are elements to this. And he also says that some of uh, the application I have is that some of the panels... Uh, have subject matter experts, so these are not employees of Nakazin. They work at no, no, no. They they they, they, yeah. they are hired at points of need to so come independent, independent okay, contractors well, that, that, that come great. and do the job there. So again, the, so which means the that structure the, seems okay, okay, but obviously Toro, we need to be there is something Toro. missing there. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. If the structure looks okay, then there is something missing. They need the, to be more the, thorough. Either the, the, in the chain, the people are not doing their job properly. Yeah. But that's what Samen said. We need to be more yeah, thorough. So either mean. thorough at the level of yeah. checking the content rigor, rigor, or rigor. being thorough at the level of following each step of the process. Mm -hmm. Okay, this one says, uh, Della, I wonder how NACA can supervise the printing of books after final approval. What happens to um, Ghanaian books printed outside Ghana? Would Naka follow them? <laughs> yes, you will not follow them. But when the books are coming into the country, <laughs> that is when you show your metal. Good. So, so, so that is what the good prof was saying that he feels they are not empowered enough to go into those spaces. So I don't know what can be done about that. Good morning, Sky and your team. Some of the teachers don't have the capacity to even identify mistakes in the textbooks. <laughs> I've been correcting them myself, Charlie. Last week, <laughs> I was going through one somewhere Doc, where salute. the kid had been marked correct, correct, correct. And then you checked, Charlie. That's quality. So, but you're marking it correct, Charlie, which means that the education conversation is is deeper than we think. No, he's tired of watching Google by the kid, the kid had made three mistakes. Look, look, you see, the, the thing is, automation is going into the space of education. Right? Hey, you've come again. Oh, no, no, automation. I mean, <laughs> elsewhere, if, uh, you don't have teachers now sitting down doing grading. No, because the system is automated. So if once the, it's, it, the system is properly calibrated, if the child is wrong, she's wrong. If she's right, she's right. You understand? And there's no room really for a discretion like that. Because as for the machine, you cannot go and bribe the machine. 
So let us also look at how we can incorporate. Automation. Even if we cannot do it at a basic level, at least secondary school level, or maybe poly. Secondary school with Wi-Fi. Yeah, let's say it again. Secondary with which Wi-Fi. I mean, <laughs> some things you... You see, we, we, we are sitting here saying we want to be like the UK, the US. But the we kinds of things they are doing to advance, we have not even started it. This yeah, one good says that, good morning, Nathan and team. We actually have more to do when it comes to huh. books in the system for our kids. Who checks the books that are on the market? I actually bought some storybooks for my two-year-old, and I found out that grammar is so, so, so wrong. When I checked the author, uh, the name of the author of the book, uh, is some Indians who wrote the book, and the grammar seriously wrong. No coherence. Uh, in what they are writing, my I brother, have actually the, the grammar warned myself. May have been wrong, but not because they are Indians. Not, not because they are Indians. Please, please, don't, don't <laughs> no, try and not, bring this. No, but you see, I, I think there's a legitimate concern there. Also, the if grammar Indians wrong, are that's... writing material for us to read. Uh -huh. Is it consistent with that which we want to teach? No, it's just if your quality control is good, mm -hmm. it will pick. The wrong with the Ghanaian, the wrong with the Indian, the wrong with the Chinese. Everything. It is not about for, not about for, the source. For, for, for God knows how long we have used text materials from India produced by Indians. And they've yeah. made a lot of sense. You understand? So and we've had Ghanaian doctors who trained in India. Mm -hmm. We've had Indian doctors in Ghana. Yeah. If you go to Kumasi, you you, you go to, go and ask for Dr. Gosh. Dr. Gosh. <laughs> Dr. Yes, Gosh. anybody who grew up in the late 60s and 70s, one of the most brilliant doctors that Ghana ever had was an Indian doctor. Everybody Dr. knew him. He was the, the, in the, the ranks of Dr. Mensa, who's, who's the, 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 they've named yes. the area. Yeah, about, you know, so I'm just saying that it's not about whether the the it's not so much people. about. Exactly. Once back if he meets day, the standard. Back in the day, mm -hmm. Ghanaians thought that they spoke better English than, like, than Nigerians. It's, it sounds like controversy. It's a whole debate. All our English textbooks were written by Nigerians. Yeah. The new practical English textbook, textbook. was one, yes. 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 Brilliant. Ogundipe. 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 And, and you, you found a problem with that? No. I'm only saying that let's work on our quality control. They, they said, no, they have subject matter specialists. Good. Which better. is good. Do better. Maybe, just maybe, don't add them to your system. You understand? Okay. Don't let, they shouldn't be part of your system. Let it be such that when we are done, like some of the marking projects that we do, ah, you know, we take you, it you to outsource, another, you yeah. outsource you to the next level, so that there's 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 a bit of distance. So if there's a problem with your system, it doesn't necessarily affect the other system. Mm. <laughs> Too many people are doing the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> now, Skype. The only printing seriously supervised and guarded in this country is printing of ballot papers, oh, pink oh, sheets, oh, oh, and other election-related stuff. Them no get time give me. <laughs> and this one from uh, Nanayao Afari from Ogbojo says, Our educational system has become mm. overly politicized, and basic education doesn't seem to exist in the minds of those who are managing the affairs of this country at all. All that matters is the limping free senior high mm. school policy. The money someone will get 
is all that matters. Otherwise, why should the government procure calculators which will last only two weeks? Really? Is that what's happening? Why should government print past questions for students? Why? Why? Mm. Why? It turns why? out, it turns out um, at least as of 2021 December, mm -hmm. NACA had a list of approved mm, materials yes, um, for kindergarten and primary one to SHS. Oh yeah, if you go to their website, they so, have so, so some they have the curricular. You know, they have the approved material. What is what should be used, and all of that. But they still need to do more because if you have all these things, all these strange <laughs> textbooks coming. I think the the national security people should read the markets. And see what they can do with some of these. But you see, they'll yeah. have to do that with them, the experts. They'll have to do it with you the see, experts. Without being too emotional, this is something. Somebody wrote something there. It caught our attention because it was, if you like, anti-Christianity. Mm -hmm. Would would we have had the same reaction if it were another religion, for instance? Maybe not. But the subject matter expert will be able to put it in a better context. You get me? Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, no Ghanaian was, was... There's no existing Ghanaian who wasn't born into a traditional home. Yeah. Even if you're Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, true. True? That's true. So it's important that at times we have a proper discussion of the differences between what we... we, we our, our, the way we are our, cultured yes, and what culture, we profess. So that we can we can pass it on properly, because there are lots of Christians today who have not the slightest idea of what even drumming drumming cultural drumming means to anything. The thing is demonic. I'm telling you. That's tragedy. No, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. Because of because nobody has had the the patience to go through this. Okay, when Christianity came, drumming was not part of it. Until the likes of Ephraim Amo revolutionized the way we, 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 we were thinking at the time. To align with culture. Okay, when the Pentecostal and charismatic movement started, the Orthodox people were not doing drumming and dancing. But today, what they do we do. have? They do it well, with proper context and understanding. So, if we get to the space of religion, it's always important that we don't rush it. There are people... Or get emotional about it. Yes. Mm -hmm. We have the Trinity College there. They are proper professors. Well, you know, balanced... Well trained. Well -trained. Why, we, we, we need to bring them into this picture. So, otherwise, we will sell our souls and our conscience as a nation. <laughs> Sad. Richard and team, please, the Indians don't write those materials. They only print the materials because the cost of printing the materials is cheaper in India compared to Ghana. This one is coming in from Kokubansa. And this one is uh, from Zoe from Sakumono. says, guys, my child was asked to name two domestic animals. <laughs> and my child wrote a hamster and uh, a bird. The teacher put a question mark on the hamster and marked only the bird. Okay. Go on. Yeah. What kind of bird do? Cricket this year. Oh man! Sorry, sorry. 
Hamster. Det är en det är så jävla Och ni hamster. Why you are going up? Did you read this book? Featuring Obiba JK. JK. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Obiba JK. Charlie. That was a classic. That was a classic one. I was in, you know, they used to call it P4. P4. I was in P4 State Experiment House. Thank you. Charlie. And I wanted to buy his Jesse song. Obiba JK. Oh man, my oh, head is reminding everybody. The elephant and the change fly. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> now, Air is reminding everybody that by May 31, if you don't register your SIM card, you are going to lose your number permanently. So please make your way to the nearest Air Tigo shop with your Ghana card, register your SIM card, and you get 5GB free data instantly. Air Tigo life is simple. Old Mutual is 10 years old. Join us as we celebrate a decade of greatness. Old Mutual is doing wonderful things. They have a prompt claims payment policy. And they've processed claims well for over the last 10 years. Call them on 0501-579-204. Visit their website, oldmutual.com.gh. Old Mutual do great things every day. Now, next Monday, May 29, we'll bring you the May edition of EdTech Monday. It's a platform for EdTech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. It's an initiative of the MasterCard Foundation's Regional Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in ICT. And so MasterCard has partnered Mest Africa to bring you EdTech Monday airing on the last Monday of every month. And it will be live on the City Breakfast Show on Monday, May 29 at 8 at 9 a.m. And it will be on Facebook Live via City 97.3 FM or Mest Africa. Please stay with us. We'll take a very quick break. When we come back, a few more of your messages and we'll wrap up the conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Wallex Big Jackpot is here with weekly massive prizes up for grabs. All you have to do is place your bets on any sports game and stand a chance to win. Simply register at onexbet.com.gh. Use promo code Jackpot Ghana and place your bets. Onexbet is your key to great victories. Feel like a winner. Onexbet. Gambling can be addictive. Bet responsibly. Not for person under 18 years. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the Gaming Commission. The news cycle can sometimes be rather daunting. With an abundance of media houses publishing daily, where does one even begin? What the papers are saying is a one-stop shopping experience to knowing and understanding the most important news items that made the headlines. Catch the next episode of What the Papers Are Saying at 9 p.m. each Thursday, only on City TV. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. 
Memphis City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Music from Book Back for this one, Clue Brofo. Oh man, wonderful song. (laughs) (laughs) You know, to reflect the moment, we are looking for the person who wrote the book with Obiba. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But there are two names that we are looking for one is Obiba JK, Uh and the other one is Ado John Sule. (laughs) Ado John Sule, yes. I would have. Go for it. You know, I do no, I don't remember the John Sully. No, Charlie, listeners go know. <laughs> yeah, but I really John was, who, wrote, who wrote that the, the, that textbook that had oh, yeah, we were JK story. Uh-huh. The, the class four one, Charlie, the market with the, the hawk and the hen. And <laughs> How did a lot of interesting stories in those? Why the crab has no head? head. <laughs> those ones, <laughs> the we were JK one, the hawk, Ali doing his quotes. 
Let me wish a happy birthday to uh, Ganyenye Afi Koshiga uh, of the University of Ghana. Um, today is your birthday and your dad and mom are celebrating you. And they are asking that we should play a beautiful song um, for you. And to um, urge you to do your very best to make them proud and reach the very zenith of academic success in all respects. It's coming in from your dad and siblings, Sedi and Senam, as well as mom, Juliet, and dad, Dr. Tim Koshiga. Mm. Yeah, so, Ganyenye uh, Afi Koshiga, happy birthday to you. Yeah. Okay, so in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, there's some message here. Mm. Somebody's complaining. He says, I'm a delegate from uh, Busa North. Oh. We heard the information on your network uh, about payment of, uh, you know, the, the things that were paid. Yes. Uh, during the NDC primaries. We didn't receive anything. I'm a brand secretary. I asked my brand chairman, nothing has been given to him. In fact, when JM came to visit the constituency, we were told each person was going to get 100 Ghana cities. But lo and behold, we were given 20 cities. So please, find out the truth for us. Yeah. So okay. Like it is all Edidija. <laughs> Sami Crab put it brilliantly for all of us to understand. <laughs> 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 there are some brothers it's not good you see when you go take that thing <laughs> share the team pe, pe, pe. but there are brothers in the system who by all means sit on some so maybe they go take like you know something something, something. <laughs> twenty thousand then you come and declare Nine thousand. <laughs> then they'll sit yeah, on even, yeah, even the nine thousand. They've edited so, it. <laughs> they will take the bigger share and add it to what they had already. Chale is not good. Uh, brothers should stop. So, Chale is not good. Chale leaving others hungry. <laughs> because it's okay. not good for all of us. So maybe so we take. Because you assume that you were all hungry. Yeah, so you go can't sit down and watch my face. Me well chop left, you know good, Charlie for a car idea, you know good. But when you know my own chalet, you don't mind when you know. Oh man. Yeah, so let me say good morning uh, to uh Supikweyura. Um, you know, the litigant uh, extraordinaire. In the UEW matters, uh, he he's now the national uh, the, the the constituency chairman okay. of the MPP okay. in the. But so, uh, so has that matter been put to bed? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, exactly. I mean, he's now the constituency chairman of the MPP in the Winneba Futu constituency, and uh, let me celebrate him this morning, and and the rest of the team there. Mm. All right, that's our city breakfast show for the morning. My name is Nathan Kwal. I sat in for Bernard Avler. Godfrey Akotoba for Richard Delasky and Samuel Latomensa joined me on the show. 
Godfrey Jabano and Caleb Koda produced the show. Godfrey, the richest man, Odu, helped us out on the technical side of things. Many, many thanks to you for listening and for sending in your messages. We really appreciate that. We are back on Monday with another exciting episode of the City Breakfast Show. But please keep listening to our programs. We have a lot for you. Branch in the City, Traffic Avenue, Sports Panorama, Eyewitness, all of that.